This episode of Chat Grab on Cheap Hops is brought to you by zenpop.jp. Use the link in our description for $5 off your next order by using the code GRAPPLE. Welcome everyone to a fucking very special episode of Chat Grapple and Cheat Pops podcast. I am Chris Dredd. I'm here with my main man Jay to the Bizzle and we've got two homies here for the end of year awards. It is the prestigious Grappy Awards. So yes, JB, how you doing big man? You bless. I am wonderful. I was wondering how long it would take before before you dropped a swear word, and it was literally in the first sentence. So, bro, things are things are going great. <laughs> We're already off on the right foot. Hell, yeah. You wouldn't be watching Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops if there weren't the odd, you know, fuck or bugger chucked in for good measure. And that is absolutely right because we have two amazing guests. Two, fuck it, I'm going to say it too. We have two of the pillars of the right side of the IWC. You done no. Two the pillow. pillars. Four of the pillows. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the pillow. Yeah, they're the pillars. Um, <laughs> Four of the and pillows. Let's, and let's get to it because I'm going to do it. Oh, shit. Here we go. Our first guest. Fucking hell, man. How, how, much shit, how many hours have I de- devoted listening to this guy already? I, I couldn't tell you because it's... You know, I've lost count. It's so much fucking fun listening to it. I've said it before. The guy got me through some lockdown shit when I was walking around, you know, Sainsbury's or whatever, like on my own for like an hour, two hours, you know, trying to make sense of shopping because I'm terrible at shit like that. And, you know, having that guy in my ears just kept me going. Um, Bishop at TW Takes Rest Podcast. How are you, man? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. As always, I appreciate the sentiment. I think we're up to about five days worth of audio. Um, if not, my math is completely off. It might be two and a half days worth. So I think that's about as much time as we spent together uh, in your ear holes. Um, we've done uh, we've done a couple hours together on my show, on your show, and I, I could not be happier to be back to help give my uh, my thoughts on who should win Bits and Bobbies this year. Yes, yes. Bits and bobbies, that's a good one. Um, well, last year, look, last year, that's kind of what got us closer together. Um, you guys were saying the grappies. I'm like, man, you should have called them the bits and bobbies. They were right there. Uh, and I'll, I'll never forget that because you guys uh, you guys have your stick. I know before we jumped on, uh, Chris said some words in British that I had no clue what the fuck was happening. But we're <laughs> we're hanging out and having a good time. So that's three right. of us throwing, <laughs> throwing the fuck out there. All right, uh, me old China. How's it going, Sunshine? <laughs> How British do you want it, son? Yeah. As British as you can make it, brother. <laughs> you definitely don't count Dick Van Dyke as British, you know, before we get started. Um, Wait, diagnosis murder was my shit, man. Come on, let's go. <laughs> and secondly, but definitely not, not by far the least, we are welcoming, welcoming the ultimate co-host. This guy has been on practically everybody's show, apart from ours, and we are finally opening that forbidden door 
popping a cherry, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Sweet Lord. Um, I mean, if we didn't already like him, you only have to read the three facts he put on his Twitter account when they had that random three facts about yourself thing. This guy's like almost the ultimate good guy. It's, you know, and we have to welcome Justin at Justin Time 211. Justin, welcome. Thank you for coming. How are you? I, I'm doing great. This is, I've been waiting for this one for a while. Holy hell, super excited. I felt it when Chris just said it before. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Did I did I stir your loins with that one? Was it good? Yeah. Oh, deep in there, you felt it. Go, let's go. So here we are. Twenty twenty one's coming to an end. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. Blah blah blah. You're not here to hear about us talk about our Christmases. You're probably not even here to hear us talk at all. You're probably just think oh shit i accidentally pressed the wrong button listen to these fuckers here <laughs> but here we are it is the grappies or the bits and bobbies if you want to listen to bishop bishop before we get started properly you know what i'm going to ask you to do tell us where we can find you yes although i don't have it completely alliterated the way chris does or at least used to uh find me everywhere easiest thing to do is go to twtakespodcast.com there's a player there to sample the show down the bottom of the front page of TWTakesPodcast.com is the all the audio platforms. You go to TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWT, get the shirts that I have in hand, fastest shipping, lowest prices, fastest shipping merch in the podcast game. Or if you want uh, some other designs like my man JB, go to TWTakesPodcast.com slash international. And there's a Teespring site. It ships globally as well with some different designs. Thank you, JB, my brother, for, for the purchase. Uh, at Justin Time 211 made the purchase there as well. Much appreciated to both of you guys. Chris, we got to work some things out. Now I just feel uh, like a cunt now. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean just, like, I'm going to have to go and buy one now. You've just fully made me feel like a prick. I'm sorry, dude. I'm going to do it. No worries. <laughs> but uh but yeah at takes podcast on twitter we talk all day our side of the iwc it's like we've said the, the name of the show is terrible wrestling takes because we can all disagree on who's right and who's wrong who's terrible who's not so terrible but at the end of the day it's about the conversation so come on over to our side of the iwc at takes podcast on twitter bishop takes gmail.com if you want to send me an email with something longer than what 280 characters but takes podcast com for all audio platforms we'll get it done that's percent real on our side that's right definitely send him an email if you want to sponsor him i'm sure he'd be happy to take some sponsorships some free stuff anything because chris we're back with our good friends at zenpop we are zenpop.jp um, Japan boxes, they've got the Japan sweet boxes, they've got the Japan ramen boxes, they've got the Japan stationery boxes, all good shit, shipped to your door. Um, use our promo code GRAPPLE and you will get five bucks off of your order. Um, they ship really fucking quick, they come from Japan, but it gets here literally in no time at all. So get on that, click our link in the description. Uh, buy yourself some good shit for the Christmas holidays. You can sit there um, chomping on some Japanese sweeties. And uh, yeah, help us out, man. We told you, we don't want your money. And if you are going to pay money, we want you to get shit for it. So we, we ain't got no Patreon or any kind of shit like that, but we do want you to buy 
uh, Japanese shit that will rot your teeth just so we can get some cool shit through the post. So uh, cheers for that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about you. This feels a bit like a Mount Rushmore. This is, well, a, well three from Mount Rushmore on me because it's me, but fuck it. Um, Dude, you're well up there, man. Come on. Be Yourself, bitch. Uh, I'm the boring. I'm the boring one because compared to you three, that I'm I'm cool with that. Hey, listen, you are a fine quality thread, my friend. You may not be the garments that make us look good, but motherfucker, you hold us together. Trust right? me, he's keeping us. He keeps me on the straight and narrow, 100. If it weren't for JB, the podcast would be fucking mate. It would be like. It wouldn't. No one would watch it. It would probably get flagged by like FBI, MI5. Um, <laughs> you know, it would be terrible. He has to rein me in. Um, he, you keep it good, bro. Not, but, um, not tonight. Not tonight. I'm not reining nothing in. So, this is... Are we? Um, are we going to do like some news in that? There's been some mad shit going on this week. Quick five minutes now. We're going to see what's going on. Let's... What happened? I mean, it's, there's too much shit going on, isn't there? I mean, well, I just wanted to say, rest in peace, Jimmy Rave, man. Jimmy Rave. That, that was a. I, I used. I mean, I'm a huge TNA mark. I used to watch the guy. Uh, quite a bit. He was in One PW. Um, fucking great character. He had his problems. He had his ups and downs. And uh, unfortunately, he was he passed away this week. So rest in peace, Jimmy Rave. Um, it's about all we can really say, man. I mean, fucking wrestling is wrestling's a crazy game, man. Like you know, nowadays I think they're living a less crazy life than they probably did. Um. But yeah, man, it's pretty hard on the body, hard on the mind, hard on everything, man. So uh, we give a shout out to those pros that step in between the ropes and give us 110% uh, every single time they step in. We love them for it. Yeah, well said, man. Um, yeah, one for one for put one up for Jimmy Rave. Um, yeah, man. Boom. <clears throat> apart from. Losing Jimmy. I mean, there has been some news, but some of it's so sorry. PEO, a lot of it's like Twitter spats and stuff, and like, you know, that's been going on all goddamn year. Fuck them all. Fuck them. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm you know, the that. tagline of my show is "Go fuck yourself." You know what I mean? <laughs> I got, I got time for that shit. <clears throat> I thought you said you couldn't use that as a tagline. There, were you saying that? Well, yes. Well, because it's you know, if if there was a Zen pop coming my way. I don't want to say zenpop.jp, go fuck yourself. You know, <laughs> you should hear some of the fucking ads we do for them. It's like littered with expletives, man. Like, I'm sure they don't watch the show. If they did, they'd be like, oh, fuck, what have we done? Like... <laughs> it's definitely secondary. It's definitely a secondary tagline of mine. You know. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's dive right into it. Let's go with, you know, what we're here for, it's who we all think is done the best, done whatever, had the best matches, whatever, all this year. And, you know, who, who's dishing out five fucking stars? You know, terrific. Um, we we don't dish out, we don't dish out stars. We dish out lines of the beat. <laughs> like, who yeah. gets five lines? <laughs> Nose game on fleek. <laughs> 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 match, match of the year. Let's get started. Justin, I want to hear yours first. Okay, I threw so many options like in my in my mind trying to come up with which one I wanted to pick. I went with Dragonov and Walter. 
to me was the second one. The match. Yeah, was match of the year for me. It was just knock them out, drag them, freaking brawl. They just beat the ever living snot out of each other. I remember seeing their first match, loved every second of that match. And then this second one felt like it just felt like it was turned up. And I didn't even know it was possible to turn it up even more than what they did the first time. But that match just outstanding. I, it was definitely probably my favorite match of the year. The, the first one was our match of the year last year. So Walter Dragunov was match of the wasn't it, Jay? I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, um, yeah I think it was, yeah. I'm going to make this really easy because my match of the year is Walter Dragunov too. Yeah. <laughs> um, special mention for Edge and Seth in Hell in a Cell, but I'm going with Walter and Dragunov too. I'm, I, was, I was really torn on this one, but yeah, I'm going with that one. Um, Bishop, let's hear it. Um, I think I have Walter Dragunov uh, third. Um, and my, my top two is, is so tough. Um, but I, I want to throw out some honorable mentions that I, I don't think you guys may have uh, put in there. Um, we all forget that Rhea versus Raquel, the last woman standing in NXT, happened in January. Um, it was like the turn of this year through all the... I guess it was pre-CWC, and, and I thought they really just tore the house down, and it was like a beautiful example of how do you how do you transition to the next champion, the next figurehead of your division. And I thought Ray did a fantastic job, and it built her well going on to the main roster, so they did a good job there. I don't think Raquel really maintained it from there, but I, I really enjoyed that match. Um, and it was so long ago, though, I think it's because it's closer to its anniversary than it is us seeing it before the end of the year. Uh, let's not forget the performance those ladies put on. I mean, Ray even hit Raquel with the suck it and then jumped off the lockers. A phenomenal match. Um, Daniel Bryan's final match in WWE I thought was fantastic against Roman on SmackDown. One of my favorite Daniel Bryan matches. Uh, Cena versus Roman at SummerSlam I thought was fantastic. It was, I mean, the fact that we, you know, a lot of people gave Roman shit back in the day for not being a, a good wrestler to, carry, to help carry John through a fantastic match, um, I thought was uh, another one that we can't forget this year. Um, you already mentioned Edge and Rollins, and I think I agree with you that it's very close, but I'm actually going to put that two and Walter Dragunov as three. I went back and watched it. Uh, Walter Ciampa at Stand and Deliver, I think was just artistically a match that I didn't understand to begin with. And then when I watched it back again, I go, Oh my God, these are, it is basically like the epitome of a boxing match where they just wore each other down to the point where there was just nothing left. And um, there's a, there's a beauty in it. I, I think that's my match of the year. Walter versus Ciampa NXT standard deliver. That's nice. a good choice, man. That's a really good choice, Chris. Nice. Uh, like I say, there's a, there's a few matches that could be... It was a tough one for me as well. Um, Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole at NXT Great American Bash. That was this year, right? Yeah. That was a pretty good match, and that was pretty much Adam Cole's kind of farewell to NXT. Mm -hmm. it, if I'm honest, though, that match went on a little bit too long. 
that's why I didn't pick it because they fucking tore the ass out of it a bit too much. Um, Darby Allen versus MJF. I spoke about it on the last episode. Really good match. Um, probably Darby Allen's best matches had in uh, AEW. Um, Walter Dragonov, you know, oh, man, I I I'm I want to pick it, but I don't know if it will. The first one was just kind of just great. It was really great. Um, so, but I, I I'm torn between that and MJF versus Darby Allen, but. I'm not going to pick MJF versus Darby Allen because then all the uh, people on Twitter with like elite in their name will just think that I'm loving it off too much. So we're going to go with Walter Dragunov too. Okay. Um, one more honourable mention is uh, Kaylee Ray and Satamora. Like that was on NXT UK. I don't know. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I didn't right. want to brush over that either, but that one, you know, the first one was incredible. I. Yeah, just uh, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa too. I I thought they they put on a hell of a performance. Um, it was one of my my favorite. I would say the most captivated I've been watching AEW was that match between Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. The uh, what was it? The Lights Out match they had. Yeah. Um, you know, so I I give them credit there too. You know, it's funny that was I was gonna put that in the choices, but the thing that annoyed me most about that match is I think that. Britt Baker's been riding off that this whole fucking year, and she hasn't sure. really improved. I, I think from that, um, she does get a mention in one of these later uh, awards from me. Um, but yeah, that, that was a good match as well, though. But the you know the whole spiel after it and all that, she's kind of uh, been eating off that. Too much. I can agree with you. That's that's why I wanted to bring up Roman Cena. Is it's in a similar way. Both of those matches, they, they exist in a vacuum. They don't they don't mean anything besides the match, right? Yeah. Yeah. The even the builds beforehand aren't as important as what we actually got to see. Um, and even Roman Cena afterwards, there's nothing of it. it. It doesn't mean anything anymore, right? And same thing with um, you know, that's that's Britt Baker's claim to fame, and she hasn't done anything great since. Um, it's almost as if it didn't happen. Yeah. Except she it, it put her on that pedestal. Um, so yeah, that's again, I say anything with Roman Cena. I was like, you know, I, I have to mention it because it exists in this moment. Um, but I think definitely, I think we kind of all, well, you, Chris, what were your thoughts on, um, sorry to hijack the show, JB. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're the only one that didn't mention Edge Rollins. Um, actually Justin didn't either, but what were your thoughts on Edge Rollins? Good Hell match, man. Good match. I think, I don't know, man. I think since the Royal Rumble and, and Edge winning it, I think I kind of, I don't know, man. It's put me off everything that Edge has been doing. I think it's just in my mind, man. It doesn't mean that it, it wasn't a good match for what it was, but uh, yeah. Some, so you yeah, busted once and you're not ready to go again. I'm not. Oh I, I, yeah. I'm not reloaded. I bust. Yeah, yeah I bust once and I, I can't. You know. Yeah, yeah it, so, was, yeah. it was a. Uh, it was a a uh, an option that I was I had for it was Rollins and Edge to be match of the year. Like it was it was so freaking crazy. Like I thought it was. Like I, I had so many other options too. I went. I was gonna go, like Brian and Omega. I was gonna go Hangman and Brian. I was gonna go Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker. I had so many other options to go with, but there's, Walter there's... and Dragon off to me stuck out to me like that immediately was just like 
I just don't know if I can put that. Like I was even going to put this recent men's war games match. Yeah. But it was okay. pretty there, much perfect. But it there's just... been some... Sorry, man. There's been some really good impact matches as well this whole year. There's been yes. some really like hidden gems, but maybe not to the level of anything else. But that like, you know, let's not forget impact. I still mm-hmm. get a little chubby on when I watch impact sometimes. Yeah. Like, we all like we all picked a WWE one. That's um that's telling. We all picked yeah. NXT, yeah. That. Yeah, uh, NXT. Uh, now this one's this one's different. This one wasn't included in last year's, but it, it's almost like a hidden gem, like so like Chris was talking about. Something you might have seen live, you know, if you went if you saw a live match, have you got one? Doesn't matter if you haven't. Yeah, I went I got I was fortunate enough to go uh to three live shows this year i went to uh uh survivor series which was uh, a childhood dream of mine to attend a survivor series i know we all have um nostalgia for survivor series uh, we all know it's not what it used to be um and i think it was it was hard not to pick biggie and roman reigns uh for this live feeling for me um the other one that came really fucking close was fatu and hammerstone um, I was able to go to MLW and see Fatu versus Hammerstone. Hammerstone win his title for MLW. There's a lot of emotion there, but he hurt his ankle and the performance really took away from it because it's there was something just missing. But I tell you, Fatu is fucking amazing. Jacob Fatu is outstanding. He needs to be on a bigger platform showing everything, everybody, everything he has. Uh, but in the moment, and, and when I never got the chance to do my Washington, D.C. podcast with the family, um, and because let's peel back the curtain completely. I do most of my recording at like midnight Eastern time when the family's asleep. Justin's been on there. We'll talk till two o'clock in the morning. Then I'll cut it up the next day. Um, in DC, I put on, I put online there that I think I just saw Bianca's best match. There was a match between Bianca and Becky in DC where Bianca didn't think at all. She just did. She just did. And we all know how athletic Bianca is. We know, we know how immature in the ring, and, and immature as in lack of maturation, not in underdeveloped as uh, a personality. I think she just, she's not a rookie. She's just not completely polished. And I watched this match, it, and I see it all the time, Becky leading. The, she wasn't leading. They put on a performance that was just outstanding. I mean, we watch it on Raw. Becky gets a little bit of cheers, and then she has to make the crowd bore. When you go to a live show for WWE, there's no mic work. Rarely. Rarely is there ever mic work. The crowd was booing Becky and cheering for Bianca in a way that I was like, God damn it, I've been right since Survivor Series, or since SummerSlam. I've been right. I've been right the whole time. And this was in September, so, um, you know, there's been no comeuppance on Becky for Bianca since then, but um, it worked. It worked. And, uh, my my best live match of Bianca versus Becky in Washington, D.C. on September 11th. Uh, it was a fantastic match. I absolutely loved it. And too bad you guys didn't get to see it. <laughs> I think there's a T-shirt in there. Bishop was right. Does uh, anyone else think that might be? How <laughs> <laughs> you know, many times I've told him that. He can pat himself on the back like Barry Horowitz. <laughs> I'll tell you what was good, a good T-shirt. Did you see Roman Reigns' T-shirt? Have you seen the oh, needle mover? 
Fucking hell, that was great. Debuts it in Chicago. Yeah, I, fucking yes. You know, the guy's a fucking G. He is a Don. He is he doesn't give two shits. He Man, just there's, you a, know? there's a lot of upset people online as well about that. Like it's just like it, it did the exact desired effect. Like hilarious, right? White and hot then, heat, baby. And then he he makes it to the ring at the end of the show. And what does Chicago do for him? They cheer him through the fucking roof. Mm. And then within, what, five minutes, he's got the entire crowd booing him? Roman's the man. But we'll get to that segment. We will. <laughs> Chris, do you have a match? <clears throat> yeah, and I, I, I think it's probably the same match that you picked, I yeah, would say. Most likely. Um, the best match that I saw live was probably Revolution Pro UK J-Cup final. Um, <laughs> with uh, Speedball Mike Bailey winning the uh, UK Japan Cup at Revolution Pro. Um, it was a four-way um, elimination match uh, with, what was it, Team Journey? Uh, yeah, Speedball Mike Bailey, Michael Oku, Luke Jacobs, and the last guy's name, Connors, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Joseph Connors, something like that. yeah. Um, um, and him fucking, and Oku are a team, yeah. So, yeah, right. uh, that's Team Journey or something, man. I think that's what they're called. Um, but yeah, it's a great match, man. People, Mike Bailey, just putting in the work, man. Like he worked his ass off. Michael Oku literally jumped over our heads onto him. Yeah, stage um, dive. That was uh, that was something it was else. Nuts. It was absolutely nuts. Um, and yeah, it was, it was the first. It was the first chance to see Luke Jacobs and what he could do, and he had a very. I mean, for me, this isn't not saying that he's, you know, as polished or anywhere near that level, but he was very much a cross between William Regal and Walter. It was it was a very strange mix to see because he had the, you know, he had some of that, but he was yeah. he was stiff as fuck, man. Like he was Oh, you could hear him really laying good, in the shot. Really Luke Jacobs. Like a fit Finley? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would, th- I would think Sid Finley's a-, a cross between Walter and Regal. Close, yeah, maybe. Yeah. That was a that was a great match to see live. Really enjoyed that. And that was only- that was literally like five minutes away from our houses, so it was. That's- it was literally walk. <laughs> we t- we'll take that one. <laughs> Justin, have you got one for us? I actually don't because I have. Again, I've never actually even been to a show, so I haven't even, I can't even give you one, really. That's cool, man. Either way, like, okay, that means, that means, like, in 22, like, Justin's got to go to a show. Doesn't matter what show, any sort of mud yeah. show, you know, doesn't Even matter. some mud show, yeah. Even yeah. some fucking indie mud show. Go see that. I'm going to buy an indie mud show. I'm going to fucking buy some, <laughs> some juggalo shit, you know. Yeah, mate. <laughs> Whereabouts in the States are you? Whereabouts are you, bro? I'm in New York. Oh, you in New, New York? York. Yeah. Okay. Not close enough to Brooklyn to take my Survivor Series tickets, but... Yeah, no. <laughs> I tried getting him to go to Survivor Series, but I had to make the logistics work for myself. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> right, that's... Uh... I see any complaints on it still. You went there and you enjoyed oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Look, when WrestleMania is in London, we'll find a way for all of us to go. How about that? That's a promise I'll keep to the four of us. All right. Hey. Oh, fuck yeah, man. I'm I'm game. 
Man, if if WrestleMania comes to London, I will eat my own ass. That is that's <laughs> not going to happen, bro. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I like I get the sentiment. But yeah, no, it will probably be. What was they talking about? Like a a SummerSlam or something or something like a um, like its own sort of pay per view. No longer like a almost like you know the Saudis have. Crown Jewel, and we had one night only back in the day, and Capital Carnage and all that shit. Capital Carnage and that, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Vinnie Jones dishing out red cards. Absolutely, that's the only way to go. (laughs) Let's let's go to our male wrestler of the year. Uh, Chris, you're up. Oh, dude, I, I think there is only really one choice for this, to be honest. But I would like to, um, again, little Maxwell, right? This guy. Come on, guys. Fucking allow me, okay? (laughs) Humor me, okay? This guy, he's eaten shit for a good six months of this year. At the beginning, he was doing... And even last year, he was doing the whole fucking, you know, Jericho sing-along, blah, 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 bullshit. This guy, okay, is the fucking future. He is the future, right? He's got a lot better in the ring. Um, It doesn't help that they're putting him in with fucking developmental talent that are basically making him look like trash um, at the moment. You saw, you've seen AEW botches. Um, You know, it's not fair on Maxwell. Um, But... Yeah, he's my honourable mention. But there, there is only really one choice, uh, and it's Roman Reigns, really. He's, he, he is, you know, it's been... I'm pretty sure he was our choice last year as well, right? That's a good question. I don't remember who we picked. I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was. But for Chris, it's all hail the tribal chief. So I mean, even, do, do you know what put the cherry... On my knickerbocker glory, it was the fucking. Do you know what I mean? It, he put the. Oh, I don't. The... <laughs> don't either. You know, like a fucking. Oh, come on, man! Look, look, lost in translation. Like, um, <laughs> a knickerbocker glory is like a fucking ice cream sundae. Yeah? Oh you yes, know, like, yes, oh, yes, okay. absolutely. I know, I know. Yes, Sorry. ice cream sundae. Yes. All right. Yeah, so, that's... <laughs> so what put the cherry on my ice cream sundae? Right, was um, the needle mover T-shirt of SmackDown? Like the guy knows what he's doing. Everyone, everyone was waiting for some kind of altercation between Roman Heyman, the whole Brock thing. We was waiting for it to happen, but when it happened, it was just better than what we could probably have imagined. Um, partly because Heyman's a fucking don as well. Um, Brock is Brock, um, and the tribal chief, just that guy. He's just that guy. So, you know, fuck Omega and all that. You know, I don't think AEW, I don't think they have the infrastructure at the moment. They don't have the quality roster to kind of do anything like that they don't have they, they they don't have it it's all really hilarious to me that AEW was going to pride themselves on homegrown talent 
and everyone's just beating off to CM Punk and Brian Danielson. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's only one guy. It's Roman Reigns. Sorry for the long rant. That's cool, man. Um, yeah, Roman. Okay. Uh, Justin? Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat here. It's, it's clearly Roman. Like, I still remember when he came back last year and just everything we saw from that year, even into this year, it's just been, it's been flawless. It's gotten me to be a fan of Roman again, as somebody who fell off being a fan of him before the pandemic freaking shit. He, this character, this tribal chief character is fucking insane. It's nothing can touch it at this point like it's gotten me to like Brock Lesnar again and I have never really been the biggest Brock Lesnar fan like you can't I don't think you can even put anybody close to what Roman Reigns has done this year I mean babyface Brock Lesnar is a, is a thing it's, it's, it's out as well yeah. who'd have thunk it as well to be fair like you, you wouldn't, because he is naturally like really hateable. Like people just hate. I mean, you know, the only time we've ever seen like babyface Brock was like when he was on SmackDown and he was feuding like Kurt Angle and stuff and Big Show. The yeah, only time I like jokey Brock, Brock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think another one, another think one for the a... Tribal Chief Bishop. You're up. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll diatribe before I say Roman, um, because I I even said it last night as of recording last night was SmackDown. I I just tweeted out, um, does your favorite wrestler make Brock the biggest baby face of all time? I mean, I've been a Roman fan since I got back into wrestling. He is exhibit one of me getting into wrestling again is Roman turn on TV. I go, that motherfucker looks like somebody I would have watched a while ago. I'm going to watch his career. And then everything broke down after that. Um, Cause that was pre Royal rumble in Philadelphia when the rock came out to save his ass. Um, the, the second thing uh, fuck, I completely lost my train of thought. Holy Zoa and Terramana. I said the rock while drinking Zoa and Terramana, I might turn into a fucking pebble right now. <laughs> oh, train of thought. Holy shit. Where were we? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Brock is a baby face. Brock is a baby face. It's it's never been done this way. It's never been that electric. As I talked about a little bit before, Roman comes out with the needle mover t-shirt in Chicago, and and we'll rip the bandaid off. Right, we're 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 dancing around it. The whole conversation over the last six months is does CM Punk move the needle? Um, Roman Reigns tells CM Punk, "I move the needle. Uh, Your guy doesn't move the needle." He puts out the t-shirt. Not only that, he has five different or four different personas with five different stars for the five WrestleMania main events he has on the t-shirt. He is, and it's a, it's a, it's an odometer. So he sets, he steps on the gas that moves the needle through his characters to WrestleMania main events. And you cannot tell me anybody in WWE right now that can main event WrestleMania over him. Like the guy is doing incredible work and this babyface Brock stuff, is so amazing. People forget. Like here's, they want Brock to take the title off of Roman 
when what was the whole conversation about Brock before this story? He takes the title. He's never on TV. He takes the title. He's never on TV. But they want Brock to get the title. Are you fucking kidding me? Does your favorite wrestler do that? Does your baby face do that? Does your heel do that? Is, is Nobody can get Brock to be loved so much. They want to see Roman lose the fucking title that they never want Brock to have because he doesn't fucking show up to TV. That's how good Roman Reigns is. My honorable mentions are Edge. I think every time he steps in the ring, he is the most important person in the wrestling world. Um, everything he did this year from, uh, from winning the Rumble to chasing down Roman, the story he had with Seth, even just being in the ring with Miz, making me go, holy fuck, I need Miz and Edge in my life. His presence cannot go undone. Um, match quality. We all picked a Walter match for match of the year. There just hasn't been enough Walter. If Walter has more matches, Walter is male wrestler of the year. I, I think is incredible. I think he's actually going to move to the States. I think there's been some change in his personal situation, shall we say? Okay. Um, where he is now willing to go to America. So I think we are going to see him next year. So can you rattle off a hundred British euphemisms for a hard penis? Because Walter moving to the States is every single one of those for me. If we get to see this <laughs> motherfucker weekly, if we get him on every fucking pay-per-view, are you kidding? He is a transcendent performer. And I don't use that lightly. Like it's, I'm too fucking old. Like I, I went and saw Spider-Man today and I cried in one scene. Like I got the tear come down my face because I watch, I take it in. And if it gives me something, I own it. I own it. I'm not going to fucking man up and not cry or man up and not feel an emotion. When Walter wrestles, you stop what you're doing and you fucking watch. He just so hasn't it, had enough matches. It will be a you know tear I mean? coming out of a different eye. When oh, he... absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one other wrestler I do have to mention, though, and, and I don't know where you guys fit on this, Xavier Woods. Um, him this yep. year in ring against any opponent has looked more credible than he ever has in his WWE run. I know, uh, Chris, you're probably familiar with his TNA stuff, but same. He's, mm -hmm. I've always been a fan. Yes, my bad, Justin. Um, I've always been a fan of Xavier Woods. I always felt like he was Kofi and Biggie put together in a complete package, never had the time. He's been given the time this year. And I, I, I beg you to tell me a match that Xavier Woods disappointed. Um, so I do think he deserves some credit, not just as the king. The accolades don't matter in this moment because I know some of these, you know, uh, what the PWI 500, you know, oh, how long have you had the title? It matters. With Woods, it doesn't matter. He's he's the Cesaro of this year. You know what I mean? He is who Seth Rollins used to be before titles mattered. He is the guy who steps in the ring and has the best match every week. So I wanted to mention those four guys. Uh, Walter is an absolutely incredible transcendent talent, just didn't wrestle enough. Edge was, he was never not important in everything he did. He pulled you in every fucking time. Um, and, uh, and Xavier Woods with his in-ring stuff, but Roman's talent right now, his ability to do everything that encompasses the art form of wrestling is fucking fantastic. And not, not for nothing to shit on the other company real quick. 
he has a way of allowing his opponents to look credible in a match that doesn't look like he might lose to them. Where, you know, that other company, their champion will spend 35 wrestling somebody that they that shouldn't be on their level and look like they're about to lose a bunch. When Roman looks like he's about to lose, it's because he loses focus, not because he's getting outworked. Uh, and I think that's a very important detail that Roman does. He hasn't been pinned in fucking two years. He's incredible. I fucking yeah, love Roman. And I'm glad that everybody else does. He, he hasn't had an hour time limit draw, though, brother, has he? So, oh, you're right. You know what I mean? Sorry. He ain't worth shit. If you can't have an hour time limit draw, sorry. Five stars. Two and a half stars. It was almost <laughs> Justin's match of the year. If he made that match of the year, I'd have turned this fucking thing off and you wouldn't have heard the rest of the <laughs> Wow. Go back. Told, let's, let's give a shout out to our buddy in Arizona at Ref Morris. Go to Wrestling on the Rocks when you're done listening to us. What, go listen to the watch along with me and Ref Marsh as we, we broke down the one-hour time limit, time limit draw between Daniel Bryan and Hangman. It was a one-hour match of how do we put a match together for an hour. There was zero fucking drama. The match was clean, but it wasn't shit. The match was clean, but it wasn't shit. It was 25 minutes worth of match work done over an hour. It was clean. But there was nothing to it. There was no drama. There was no no story, no nothing. You expect it to be clean. It should be clean with those two guys. It should be clean. It should we should that shouldn't, yeah. But AEW means no clean matches. It's in it's in AEW. So why would I expect a clean match from AEW? True. No, 100 percent man. It's um, but but that's another thing that pisses me off about AEW, man. The whole there's no heels or faces, there's no storytelling, really. There's nothing like that. And then Literally, we've all picked Roman Reigns because of how the stories are being fucking told. We haven't like, all picked Roman Reigns just yet. All right, sorry, dude. Yeah, uh, uh, JB. So, who have you picked for uh, male wrestler of the year? Well, the answer is obviously Hook. So, what's the fucking point? <laughs> <laughs> Send Hook. Um, yeah, according to Twitter, Hook is the wrestler of the year. Like. God damn. Wait, I lean to the left. Does that count as a hook too? <laughs> <laughs> I I was so close. Like, I was really undecided. It took me a good few days to figure this one out because I was really close on Seth Rollins. Very, very close. It was, it seems like Seth has had a wonderful year you know, I think to wrestling and you we know, might have picked about him last year too. But yeah, if if Roman Reigns wasn't wrestling, then Seth Rollins wins it. But we have our first full house of the evening. Ding 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 yeah. ding. Roman just too good, man. Like there's just too much, too much going on around it. Like even now, like every Every feud Roman's been in has been special. It's been super special. Like it's an event. It's you know, and we get we get things, you know, like the tribal chief. He's got his family around him. It's everything like that. It's just it's just an incredible story, and everybody's playing a brilliant part, especially Roman. So Roman gets it from me. Full house. To your point. To, to your point about Seth Rollins, we don't have Cesaro being cared about against Roman without Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Yeah. 
Seth has almost, almost got that Randy Savage sort of kick from the, like, you know, the late 80s before they got fed to Hogan. It's, it's kind of like that. It's, but I, in, in a different a way, because, because they're heels. It's, it's, it's you know, a very sort of cool flip because they're both heels. It's not, they're not being fed to baby faces. It's like it's you know, different times. Female wrestler of the year. Um, I've got a feeling this is going to be a full house too. But... You know, let's get let's get started, Justin. Well, I have a feeling that I might be the one to break that. Yeah, he, might <laughs> he fucking knows who's picked as well. <laughs> this fucking guy. No wonder he got fired on a different show. Son. <laughs> My female wrestler for the year is Bianca Belair. She, this year was hers. She, from the Rumble to, yeah, the build with with her and Sasha was shit. But the match with Sasha was insane. Like, we could have even put that as a match to the year if we wanted to. But ever since, even after she lost the title to Becky, everyone was like, oh, my God, 26 seconds. You're burying Bianca. What the fuck's wrong with you? Oh, my God. Almost everyone. Almost everyone. I remember that. We spoke, yeah, yeah, we spoke about it on our show with Bishop last time. Almost everyone. It, Bishop was right. Get the t-shirt, man. He, he's the one who freaking put it in my head to just see it that way. As as because I immediately said that the night of the show, I was like, well, "What the fuck? Why are we burying Bianca?" And I'm like, "Wait a minute." He go. He he told me everything. He's like, and then I saw other people talking about it. How. She got lost in her emotions and all this stuff like that. And I'm like, why does that make so much sense? And from there, just Becky made her look like a million bucks this year. And even I can say, yes, her recent match with freaking Piper Niven, because I refuse to fucking call her that other name ever. (laughs) She, the first match they had, epic. I wish it actually had a finish instead of a count out. But their second match wasn't really the best one. But so far, I would say this year is Bianca's. I agree. There's not much to add to it. I mean, it's been been a fucking amazing year for Bianca. Like, all around, you know, breaking some huge barriers to, you know, main event and WrestleMania, stuff like that. It's just, you know, we... I genuinely don't think there was anyone else for it. Becky wasn't around long enough. You know, Britt Baker does not come into the conversation, I'm afraid. Thunder Rosa might have been closer than anyone else. Yeah, but more that more for what she's been doing in other federations and all that as well, really. Yeah. Not, you know what I mean? Not for what she's been doing in AEW. Like, she's been everywhere else doing bits and bobs. Chris, are you going to add to are you going to add to this? Yeah, man. I mean, Diana Perazzo's had a good year. Yeah. Um, yeah. One more. You know, she she's been um, she's been doing all right in um, in Impact. Really good wrestler. Um, I mean, Jordan Grace. She's been doing bits and bobs as well, but she's not even at the level. Um, there's a, another quick honourable mention. Not female wrestler of the year by by any stretch, but Nikki Ash as well. I think she's got to get a bit of a mention. She's had a bit of shit thrown at her and she's made 
you know, chicken salad out of chicken shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bianca Belair, I mean, last year we were talking about Bailey and Sasha and Bianca was just kind of there or thereabouts. Um, Bailey and, um, you know, Sasha kind of held the company on their shoulders uh, last year, you know, for the, for the Gialdem. Um, but yeah, Bianca, she's coming to our own. Um, still a bit of room for improvement, I think, as well. But the fact that she can still do what she does, you know, and, and still it means a lot to us. The fact that we're voting her best female of the year goes a hell of a long way to say what she is capable of as well, man. Because, I mean, she's not green. Let's not say that. But, you know, she she's... She's come a hell of a long way in a fucking year as well, from last year to this year. Jesus, she's fucking progressed by leaps and bounds. She really has come into her own. And yeah, the bullshit about, you know, burying her in when Becky came back, but that was the whole point of Becky coming back to make a statement like she did. And then the way that Bianca's come back from that, the reaction to it, it's, yeah, man, it's, it's good shit. Real good shit. Such good shit. Such good shit. Bishop, you're up. <laughs> um, the so I had I had Becky and Bianca on my list, and I threw in a third one who has been sidelined for a while. And you know, the, the, like I talked about with the men's, are, are you important on screen? Do you have good matches? And I wanted to give some props to Zoe Stark. I thought when she came over to NXT and debuted and every time she's in the ring she looks better and better and you know she's been sidelined with the injury and it it sucks to not have her in that last war games match we had because she was the one right she was going to be the one in there but i think the audible was probably cora jade uh who ended up in that match which that served its purpose very very well um but yeah i just i want to give some love for zoe stark um and i'm gonna make this not unanimous i'm going becky I don't care how long she was around. You guys all said it. Since SummerSlam, Bianca is the most important wrestler we have. If SummerSlam doesn't happen, do you guys all care about Bianca as much as you do right now? And I think that's something we overlook in wrestling is how important your opponents are. And that's the biggest disconnect with someone we haven't mentioned in this category who is in this category for so many other podcasts, so many other lists, that Becky's ability to make her opponents look important is probably the best asset she has, yet she's also phenomenal on the microphone. She also doesn't fail in the ring often. Um, right now we're on the precipice of Liv Morgan, us being disappointed at her not winning a title. Why is that? Why is that? If Liv doesn't beat Becky, why are, why are we upset? Liv hasn't, no offense to Liv, I love Liv. I think what she stands for is phenomenal. I think her ability in the ring is wonky, but she'll get there. But why are we going to be upset that she's not going to win the title? It's because Becky's that fucking good. Why do we, and, and I say we in this instance with Bianca. Bianca worked with Bailey. She worked with Sasha. She worked with Bailey again. She worked with Sasha again. Why wasn't she as important then as she is right now after the 26 seconds of SummerSlam? That's Becky Lynch. The Becky Lynch factor can't go unnoticed. 
Becky from August till right now, these four months, she put the women's division on a new playing field. Becky's my female superstar of the year, and I don't think it's close. Okay. One for big time Bex. You have to go and fuck everything up, Bishop. You know what I mean? We had it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, baby. <laughs> He's got that terrible. He's like Kermit like, just drinking fuck, the fucking man. tea. Yep. <laughs> fuck you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we have him on, man. That's why we have you guys on. We love yeah, this shit. Like it doesn't have to. Look, we don't have to have the same opinion, and we don't absolutely, have to do here. Like, absolutely. And honestly, I think in in my biggest reason for picking Becky is what we again. It's it's almost why I picked Walter. Right? Walter had two of the best matches we saw all year, but he only had two matches. Right? But those two matches, he could have been male wrestler of the year because of the wrestle. There's more to it. There's promos. There's how does your opponent look? There's all that stuff. So, yes, Becky hasn't had the best matches. But when she's on TV, the edge factor, right? Edge on TV is so fucking important. But Edge didn't need Seth. You know, Edge didn't need Daniel Bryan or Roman. Edge is Edge doing his thing. He's not superstar of the year. You know, that's that's so that's that's how I put it together. When you look at Becky and her wealth to the entire women's division, I mean, it's a new stratosphere now. She's definitely made a huge impression in the short time she's been in the game this year. 100%. You can't say she's not come and smashed it to pieces. Who's number two for you guys? Pro- probably Becky. Yeah, probably Becky. I was, I mean, Deanna was a close one for me. <laughs> yeah, no. Dion- Deanna Perazzo was close yeah, for me yeah, as well. Really That's my year. top three right. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I'm not crazy for Deanna, I would have, uh, I probably would have put her third. And you know, fair play to her for going out, out in the world and doing what she's done. Like you know, she had a rough, rough time with NXT and all that, and it just didn't work out. And she's yeah, it's another one, another case of chicken salad, isn't it? So, right. Yeah. It's time to time to take our medicine here because I don't I didn't enjoy this category tag teams. I did. I think you. Uh, yeah, I did. I loved it. <laughs> um, fuck you, buddy. I've got about nine of them. Oh, I'm just thinking about you. <laughs> Speak to yourself. That's it. Fuck it, man. Well, I'll go on, Chris. You, 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 get us, you get us. Uh, you get us going. Um, I'll get. Shall I get you going? Yeah. Yeah, please. Right. So there's a few. Right. There's a few. And for me, tag teams are not always about the wrestling. Some of the best tag teams in the world were about the wrestling, like the Rockers, for example. They were all about innovative moves and doing, you know, real good shit, okay? But there's also, yeah, you know, you know about the, <laughs> the beat, you know? But, um, you know, tag teams... At least one of them. It. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I just so <laughs> You've Just got the front face lock. <laughs> you know, you got you got um FTR has got to be up there. Um the acclaimed. Now say what you you, you don't like them. No. Nowhere, no. nowhere near, man. No, 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 no. An honorable mention. They're not my tag team of the year. Cool. But what I like what they're doing, and and they are almost as green as baby shit as well. So <laughs> 
you know, they're, they're, they've not, I mean, they've done bits and bobs and they're just finding their way, but they're not by any stretch tag team of the year. Um, RK bro. Okay. RK bro. Fucking, I just, I just like what, I just like them. I don't, I, and I'm not a fan of Riddle, bro. As you know, I'm not, you know, I like what he does sometimes in the ring or whatever, but RK bro really touched a spot for me um, this year. But I'm going to say, right, my choice for tag team of the year is probably the inspiration, a.k.a. the iconic. (laughs) Okay. Right? Good pick. Just because, okay, I thought last year um, I almost picked Billy Kay. I think I almost picked Billy Kay for female wrestler of the year, and she didn't really do much. But what she did do was just fucking fantastic. Um, I just like, I think Australians are very similar to us in the UK with their sense of humour and the way that they are. I love the Iconics in WWE. Um, And the fact that we thought that Billy Kay was starting to do a few bits in WWE. We thought that Peyton Royce, she had a really good promo last year. And, you know, we thought that, mate, you know, they were trying to give her a bit of a push or whatever. And then boom, out of the blue, both of them were turfed out on their ass. And it was a bit disappointing because we thought, oh, fuck, you know, like it was a bit sad or whatever. Um, but they're doing, they're doing really well. I'm, I'm enjoying what they're doing in Impact. I'm, you know, they had good matches. Again. I mean, the problem with Impact is, again, like what Bishop was saying, they don't really have the opponents. They don't really have... That's why it's almost a bit of a... It's a good pick, but it's a shit pick because they're doing well in the small pond that they are, but I would love to see them again. I thought last year that maybe they were going to bring the Iconics back together again in WWE, which I thought would have been a good thing, which I thought should have happened. But alas, it never did. So I think that's why I'm, I'm picking them this year. Because RK Bro for me was probably it's a toss up between them two, so I can't really make up my mind. I think, but also I know it's fucking. Some of you might hate me for this, but AJ Styles and Ormos, man, like I'm fucking, I'm a huge fan of that shit. I'm, I really am. Like AJ is. We've said this on many a show. Jordan asked me before, who's your favorite wrestler of all time, and I probably said AJ Styles for me is probably, you know from stuff he was doing in the indies, from when we watched him come over and do International Showdown, you know, all those years ago. The guy's been at it for years, and he is, I think um, Bishop said, he is the best probably at doing everything. He is just, he can just do everything really well. And um, he is becoming a bit stale in WWE now, though. Like, I think Bishop said again, he he's an AJ Styles match is an AJ Styles match now. He's kind of needs to be a bit more innovative in what he's doing, which is why I thought him being with Ormos, or what, how do you pronounce it, Ormos, Ormos? Ormos. Um, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's my best friend. You see my picture? I met him. Yeah, it's awesome, man. So, you know, I thought that that would give him a new lease of life, um, you know, that whole thing. So, but yeah, sorry to go on. But yeah, it's basically, it was between RK Bro and the inspiration. But yeah. 
Bishop, if I can stop you from getting on the blue tube for five seconds, can you tell us your favorite <laughs> tag team? Is? He's popping them like fucking Skittles, bro. You're gonna put it's someone's peanuts, eye out. Yeah, you're gonna no, put someone's man, it's eye peanuts. out. Yeah. It's peanuts. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's dinner time, man. I'm fucking hungry. Um, what they call them now? He's getting these yeah. nuts. nuts. <laughs> no, I have. I got my Terramana for the people, and I got my Zoa. So I got enough rocks and pebbles. I don't need nuts. Um, no, um, you know, I had a hard time with this one because I don't think there was much uh, consistency in the tag team division this year, at least for what I like to see. And then even when I tuned over to AEW, um, I thought the Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks in the steel cage was a very... Uh, creative match but very aw centric and i know this isn't match of the year but hear me out um the way i digest my tag teams i I fucking i mean we grew up in the 90s most of us um that tag teams were unique um but they all followed like the same rules right you could have a bruising tag team like the acolytes you could have the rockers um you can have legion of doom you can have the Steiner brothers, all that stuff. You could have these different tag teams here and there. Um, and you can kind of soak into their style and watch and watch and watch. And we didn't get that this year, at least in my opinion. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't really digest a lot of tag teams this year. I know um, I, 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 my pick is basically the Usos just for consistency on TV. Um, I can't stand RK bro. It fucking bothers me. Um, I know. <laughs> and because I know AJ and Omos isn't about tag team. I can't sure. wipe that away. It's about Omos being on an elevated level. And I think 2022 is, is Omos going to sink or swim? That's 2022 for him, right? Um, so the Usos is mine because it solidifies the Roman character. Plus, I mean, they don't fuck up in the ring either. So show me a bad Usos match and I'll tell you you're fucking lying. Um, the only honorable mention I had was Imperium. Uh, we talked about this the last time I was on your guys' show. Again, thank you for having me on all the time. Uh, anytime you send out the bat signal, I will show up. Dun, 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 dun. Imperium, <laughs> Imperium is fucking perfect. That's their job. Imperium's job is to be fucking perfect at wrestling. The match they had with fucking Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly, I'm looking at myself like, what the fuck is happening? Why is Von Wagner looking like one of the four best wrestlers ever because imperium is that fucking good kyle riley's great at what he does right i'm not a big kyle riley fan is he's not my cup of tea but when imperium is in the ring i I mean fuck man could you imagine imperium versus ftr imperium versus the usos what imperium versus fucking uh xavier woods and kofi kinston are you Mm -hmm. kidding me like they are so fucking perfect but it's the same Walter argument with me. How many Imperium matches have we seen? Just not enough. And how important are they to their uh, opponents besides Von Wagner? Eh. So I, I just, I went with the Usos because if they're in a match and honestly now solo, because they do a lot of solo stuff, plus their tag team work, their proximity to Roman, um, they're, they're the most important best tag team out there right now for me. Hey, Justin, let's have it. Okay, well, again, I feel like we're just all going to have different picks here. This, 
this was again for me even hard to pick like it did it didn't really feel like tag team wrestling really blew up as much as you would think like i wasn't gonna freaking pick the good brothers because fuck the good brothers their tag team title reign that's been completely lackluster uh Again, I wanted to pick RK Bro because I love RK Bro. I love the weird goofiness bouncing off of Randy's seriousness. I love it. It just works. It so is a well. good chemistry. That's what I think. It's a man. terrible wrestling take. No, it's, a, it's good, man. <laughs> I don't it's care. Good. I'll accept that terrible wrestling take. Damn it. Give me like for all audio platforms. <laughs> <laughs> I wear them things like a badge, damn it. But again, I didn't want to be the obvious guy because even for me the Usos didn't really do much this year for me to want to pick them so I went with MSK to me they had a hell of a year like they debuted and just were unstoppable all year like I don't even remember them having any bad match even once Champa and Thatcher the triple threat with GYV, the even one-on-one with GYV, the, the match with Imperium where they lost the titles. Yes, the they, they again, their promos are like, okay, but their wrestling is just so good. Like, even I remember watching them in Impact, and I loved them all. I loved all three members of the Rascals. Even Trey, like... My apologies, Justin. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to pick your tag team again because that's where I got cut off. Okay, um, I, I picked MSK. It was gonna I had RK Bro as an option. I was even gonna pick Lucha Brothers. I didn't think I had enough to pick FTR. To me, they sorry. I, I, he's, he's, just, he's, he's nicking them peanuts like he's got like a no. I know. <laughs> Whoa, we Just need to hook up, bro. Fucking <laughs> hungry. You went, full, you went full Steve Austin on us there. Like, just... Proper. <laughs> Double fist him. Just... <laughs> Literally necking them back. So, who is it that's got to make a choice then? JB, you uh, haven't me, done your yeah, choice um, for tag team. Jordan was... Uh, fucking Justin was talking. Oh, shit. Sorry, and bro. You guys jumped on me. He picked MSK. <laughs> you got to make him do his shit again? What the fuck? I ate my peanuts because he's talking, and then you guys jump on me for being a dickhead. Come on, <laughs> this is all staying in, by the way. Yeah. You know we give care. no fucks on this show. It's your fucking show. A. That's it, man. We don't edit for shit, dude. Bring in one of your fucking guests from WCW. Let's talk to those fucking guys. <laughs> Let's get Chris Hamrick on here, bro. Fuck dude, yeah. another five sure. fucking hours. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, apologies, you know, yeah. please. I, I picked MSK. They just, every other team to me didn't really have that strong of a year to me. They, the MSK went 200 some odd days as champions. Every other tag team was just doing bits and bobs, if I can steal that here and there and that was it like they they didn't really do much this year other than that it was mainly msk just running nxts over the really solid title reign they just recently lost it yeah again their promos are like okay 
I enjoy, I like them. I like all, I like when they were the rascals, all three of them. I love, I love Trey Miguel. That just, they, to me, they were the team that just had a good, you had a, a better year than most. Um, thank you, Justin. Apologies for, you know, my computer apparently being a prick. Um, I this was this was the worst one for me because I found it really hard to pick anyone. FTR were close. I mean, I really don't enjoy the tag team stuff outside of FTR and AEW. I think it's very it's it's, it's the the gymnast show. Like you know, a lot of you know, you see it a lot. You see a lot of the very very choreographed shit like over and over again in AEW's tag team division. And it's it, it doesn't click for me. Um, Usos, again, didn't feel like they did a lot. I'm going to pick, I'm going to piss someone off because I'm picking RK, bro. <laughs> I liked, I liked, I like their interactions. I think they've been a consistent enough team for me that it could be, be a choice. Sorry. How come he didn't get hit with the terrible wrestling take this time? Because it's his show. <laughs> so what? <laughs> no, I get it. Look, again, <laughs> the whole point of terrible wrestling takes is I completely disagree with you because I don't find them entertaining. <laughs> but I can't deny that they have, they've had the titles. There's growth in character. But, for instance, MSK, the reason why I didn't pick them, the last fucking month of those vignettes – I am no longer a fan of MSK. When Riddle comes by on the scooter, and you know what, Randy, and you know what, Randy, and you know what, Randy, or then he rests, he he dresses like Randy Orton. Okay, I get it. I'm cool with it. It's so over the top. I'm out. My perspective. I'll respect your perspective, but I'll also tell you it's a terrible wrestling take. I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong, but I'll tell you it's a terrible wrestling take. So, Bishop, but I get it. Bro, they, they they have been the most consistent tag team all year. If I'm not mistaken, uh, well, no, I am mistaken. When did they win the titles? Was that SummerSlam or was that WrestleMania? No, because AJ and Omos won at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's right. So I think it was SummerSlam. So your tag team of the year has been as important as the person you didn't want to vote as woman wrestler of the year. I'll buy that. Becky wasn't around before that though, before SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. So three weeks. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. No worries. No worries. You're show your rules. You're show. Thank you. I'll make sure I don't eat. I'll make sure I don't eat any more peanuts. You can eat them, just don't eat them as seductively as you've been doing, you son of a bitch. Yeah. I'll stick my tongue out further next time. (laughs) All right. Stick around to watch Bishop chug some more nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if I walk into it, I walk into it. I'm not going (laughs) to. That one's on me. We didn't want to pick a worst sort of wrestler thing because that's a little bit mean-spirited. We're not those guys. I mean, we can be, um, but we choose not to be in this case. Room for improvement. Um, my first my first room for improvement was wrestling fans in general. Um, you, know, you know, be better. 
The other part, part of it that really fucks me off um, all year round is generic pictures of so-and-so is all elite when, you know, there's a sniff that they could be released or something. I fucking hate them. They're the worst thing I see online. And I see some terrible shit online. Uh, yeah, so people, please just stop doing that shit. You know, oh, you know, if if Chris if Chris left his job tomorrow, someone would put up a oh, Chris Dredd is all elite. Like, no, fuck off. Like, only because of the pictures that you've put up of me and Tony Khan. Shit, man. yeah, sorry. <laughs> truth is truth, man. Live your truth, brother. Um, <laughs> as far as a, as far as a wrestler goes in general, it's Miro. Um, I've been really disappointed with what I've seen from Miro this year. This whole and now it's all you know God stuff and you know whatever. Oh man, I'm so it doesn't work. And they've dropped the ball with a few people in AEW, but in particular, someone as you know visually dominating as Miro or Rusev, however you want to call him, can be. They they have really fucked it, and I'm disappointed with it. And yeah, it's a shame. I dropped the God stuff for a start. That would be my first piece of advice. But um, Justin, please. All right. Uh, I went with Shotzi. As much as I love Shotzi, I I never really saw what everyone didn't see in her until just recently. You can see how she needs to tighten up her timing a lot. She's she's still just there's something off still about her and she still needs to get it going. And I hope that like that if she's even does anything next year, I hope she tunes it up because I really like her and I want to see her just I want to see her actually like get somewhere with this instead of just always feeling like she's off and missing something. That's cool. Um Chris? Yep. Um, oh, God. There's so much. It's, it's so hard not to be <laughs> negative, man. Um, room for improvement. Um, AEW fans, I'm really sorry. You need to just be better. It's not just wrestling fans in general. It's AEW fans. Jordan, we, we've spoke about the WWE releases on this show i've said we've said it's gonna fucking happen they had too many people on rosters that they weren't using so they got rid of talent no fucking big deal couple of them were a bit of a shock okay fucking big whoops yeah um now we have a time where we have already said this on the show that aew need to release some people because they've got People on fucking dark, dark elevation, just being used for squash matches and fucking, they don't have the infrastructure to make people stars, really. They haven't got that. It's not working quite yet. Um, and we're already seeing, Jordan, who, someone, you sent me a tweet the other day where it was like someone already trying to justify um, AEW. Oh, yeah releasing people and literally like this whole year they've been bad mouthing wwe saying oh how can they fucking release all these people what a wwe just supposed to be paying these guys to do fuck all like what 
what do you expect? It is not a fucking, it's business ultimately at the end of the day. Like I run a business. If I've got someone that is literally just wanking in the corner all day, I'm going to say, sorry, mate, I've got nothing for you to do. You might as well fucking do one. You know, it's going to happen. AEW, you know, they, it was always going to come to a time where they were going to have to release people. It was going to happen and they need to do it. They need to get a lot of the wheat, cut the wheat from the chaff, whatever it is. I have to interject here because Chris, I, we, I know you run a business. If anyone's wanking in the corner, it's probably it's, you. It probably is me, yeah. right? Okay. Not right <laughs> now. Cause it's a really busy time for me at Christmas. Um, but yeah, it's, um, I mean, I don't know how the, my, my clients would react, but I mean, some of them might like it. I don't know. They might give me good Christmas tips, but, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was going to happen, you know. So AEW fans as well. Again, the whole everyone's going to be all elite. No, they're not. You you can't. Tony Khan is not the fucking Pied Piper of jobbers. Like, he's not going to just keep paying people just out of the goodness of his heart. Like, you know, and he shouldn't be. I mean, there's still people that have not worked hardly at all that he's been paying. Like, you know, Joey Janela like Sonny Kiss, you know, like there's a lot of people that they've been paying probably over the odds for that have done fuck all, have not even, they talk about moving needles, they've not even, you know, they've not even twinged it. It's not even nothing. Um, you know, and he's, he, he's starting to realise that you need, you need the bigger stars and then you need the kind of, Belows, and you, you, he needs to restructure. So that is AEW is one of my picks. Room for improvement, just in general. Uh, the bookers, the fucking wrestlers, the fans, um, just everything in general. Room for improvement. Um, Britt Baker, in particular, room for improvement. The char character-wise, I get it. DMD, cool. Uh, I think Bishop spoke about it before. Could she end up getting whole crowds that aren't AEW fans doing the whole DMD? Probably, you know, but at the moment she is a storm in a teacup. She is, you know, AEW is its own little thing and it's not, it's hard to extrapolate. A fart in a bath. It's a fart in a bath. Yeah. Um, you know, it is. You look for the bubble. That's right. It's hard to extrapolate what they could be on a bigger stage without them being on a bigger stage. They could, you know, sink or, or, or swim like a turd in the bath. Um, but again, another one room for improvement, <coughs> excuse me, Ormos is my, he's, he's one that again, Bishop said, <coughs> um, this could be his year. And I think this was the whole the whole mechanism of him and AJ Styles was to, to push him to that next level, to get him. And, you know, who doesn't like in wrestling the big fucking geezer just beating people up? Who doesn't love that? I love it. I love a big bloke manhandling other men. Um, it's just what I like to watch. Um, so yeah, room for improvement in general. Fucking AEW, just the whole shebang. Um, Britt Baker and Ormos. Um, there's probably a shitload more, but I just don't want to 
go on about it. Before you start naming names, I'm going to cut to Bishop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I I was hoping I could go last in this one, but then Chris stole my thunder. Oh, um, shit. I'm sorry. Because, no, I'm AEW on the whole. Shouts to the dogs. Um, but let me let me pick it back on Justin real quick. I, I've had an issue with Shotzi for, since I've seen her. There's no one that looks like Shotzi, right? We can all agree with that. There's nobody who has character mechanisms like Shotzi does, right? She's She absolutely knows who she is. She absolutely knows she stands out. What's the other component? The actual fucking wrestling. She is so out of control. She is so dangerous to herself. I haven't really seen her too dangerous to her opponents, but there's... Again, that maturation that has to happen. She is fucking years behind a Bianca who has grown into a fucking superstar. So something needs to happen with Shotzi to slow down. I know people have seen her on the indies and they and she's used to high-paced wrestling that's basically crash and burn shit. And you can't do that in the WWE. There's a story to be told. There's the ability to be invested. I'm invested in Shotzi. I think she is super attractive. I find her, and not just not just from a maybe, I don't know, like a, a an emotional standpoint or a physical standpoint, but like just optically, like you're drawn to her. She's got the green hair. She, she wears different clothes and makeup than everybody else. But when you do that, when you draw people in, you also have to execute and she fails to execute. So shouts to Justin for uh, pointing that out. I I would love to see Shotzi mature into, she doesn't have to be a, a technician. She just needs to be solid enough to take care of herself and then help take care of her opponents. Um, but no, I am absolutely AEW on a whole. That that's my who need who can improve. It's AEW on a whole. I would love nothing more than to love more wrestling. Uh, my problem with Impact, it's not on TV. If it is, I gotta fucking find it. I remember watching Impact during the pandemic, saying, "Hey man, I wish they had crowds." Watch Wrestling.la. <coughs> yeah, I don't have time for that stuff. I, I got fucking. I got a remote. Put the channel on. I put on TNT. I put on TNT because it's literally right next to USA like it has been my entire fucking life. And it sucks. It sucks because they have horrible production value. It sucks because they don't know what they're doing with their fucking lighting. It sucks because every fucking wrestler needs to get their own shit in. Again, the Daniel Bryan hangman match, I sat down and watched and gave my commentary on it for an entire hour. And all I saw was we are going to operate in this 15-minute window as if we're warming up towards the 16 to 30-minute mark. And then from that, they're going from the 31. And I get it. It was clean. My problem is there's one time this whole year I saw a clean fucking match. I didn't watch the Daniel Bryan Kenny Omega match because everybody said it was a six-star fucking match. What I knew was it was probably just a really good match. And to your guys' point, Wrestling Twitter needing to improve. AEW fans needing to improve. Let's be honest with ourselves and be honest with AEW so AEW can fix those things and fucking improve. And when you choose not to be honest with this thing you fucking love, you're, you're, you're leading towards disaster. Tony Khan's spinning out of control with his daddy's money. They're going to end up in a bad spot if they don't tighten things up because all they let's, let's hear me out. If they didn't have Daniel Bryan right now to carry the narrative, if they didn't have CM Punk before that to carry the narrative, where are they right now? They're sinking. 
because they do the same thing every show, every week to cater to a pocket of people who definitely won't turn it off. I, I don't need to be a fan of them. I really don't. I'm an adult with a lot of shit to do. I don't have to watch them and I will gladly not watch them. That, that doesn't bother me. Wednesday nights, I watch The Mass Singer. The Mass Singer finale just happened. If something else happens after Christmas for me to watch, I'll watch that instead. But even the Daniel Bryan uh, hangman match, I wasn't going to watch. And then I went and did my buddy's show. Shouts to Wrestling on the Rocks at Ref Marsh. And he said, fuck it. Let's watch it together. Do a watch along live commentary on what it was. Be honest. Absolutely. That's what I do all day. Keep it myself. It was awesome for AEW. It was substandard for WWE because it was a back and forth for the sake of being back and forth, but there was no one hour story. Hangman wasn't selling his knee. Hangman wasn't selling his arm. Daniel Bryan sold his knee because he knows how to fucking sell a knee. In these moments, as adults, I cannot be blind to a lack of professionalism. And that's what I see on the AEW side. And I wish, I absolutely wish AEW fans, the ones that tell me that this was a five-star fucking match or Kenny and Daniel Bryan was a six-star fucking match, were honest with themselves. Hey, this was an awesome debut for Daniel Bryan. I can't wait to get the real match with Kenny Omega. Because when Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega touch with raw emotion and a real storyline, it's going to be that good. But now it has to be a seven-star match because the first one was a five. Be honest. Say it's a three-and-a-half-star match because they didn't have to do it, and they just went to a time limit draw for the sake of, okay, that's fine. Because the next one is going to be fucking awesome. That's my problem with AEW, the fan base, and all that shit. Don't tell me how great something is just because it happened. That's why I literally would have turned this off if Justin gave Hangman and Daniel Bryan match of the year because it was dope that it happened. But believe it, when they build the story off the draw, and it does happen, it will be epic. Bianca versus Becky, 26 seconds, meant more than any match that happened in AEW this year. Probably opposite Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, because like you said, Chris, Britt Baker's been living off that shit since January. Yeah. The strength of that match has built her character for 11 fucking months, almost the entire year. Becky and Bianca in 26 seconds show you how important they can both be afterwards. What, is, what happened to Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega since? Kenny Omega lost the title and he's off. But was Hangman beating Omega any more important because he tied Daniel Bryan a couple months before? No. no. But it's a five-star match in the annals of wrestling history? Fuck out of here. AEW, AEW fans, be honest with yourselves and improve on the next level. If I did episode 130 the same way I did episode one, just because I have Justin listen to me, shouts, doesn't mean I'm just as good as I was before. No, that means I'm doing a disservice to my own self as a craft. Fuck AEW, get better. Man, um, that was uh, that was fucking good. Um, sorry, I got caught up in that. Um, best on the mic. I'm going to give it to Bishop. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, best of the mic is next. Uh, 
I had two really obvious options and a, and a third option, which I'm picking because I want to. Um, my two obvious options, big time Bex. You know, she, she can have a, a crown in the palm of her hand any fucking time she wants. And the other one is, uh, is a favourite of Chris's. Obviously, it's MJF. The guy knows how to handle himself with a microphone. He's just, yeah, he's really, really close between those two. And my third choice, which is Sami Zayn. Ooh. Sami Zayn has been a fucking thrill on the mic, on the mic in particular. Like a lot, all this conspiracy stuff, especially the stuff he's been doing with Brock Lesnar. Like, I can't, I can't knock it. And can, can I just say, bro, Sami Zayn stole. I'm, I'm going to do him for um, gimmick infringement because. When I was wrestling, one of my ideas for a character was the tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist guy. In 2008. And, uh, yeah, man. Trust yeah. me, I was going to be doing this fun thing back in 2008, bruv. You know what I mean? Before even Flat Fucking Earth was innovator, out there, bruv. I was going to be... Trust me, bruv. I was going to be there. Conspiracy tinfoil hat, you know? You were going to be tinfoil hat Chris Dredd before the Earth was flat. <laughs> yeah, mate. Trust me. It was. It was... It was going to be amazing, but yeah, that whole character, like I say, sorry, man, just yeah, no, no, that's him. that's fine. That's going to be me. Sami Zayn stole that gimmick from Chris. There we have it. Like that's a, <laughs> that's an exclusive. Um, yeah, I'm picking Sami Zayn. So yeah, that's uh, that's me. Um, Justin, please, let's have it. I had one obvious option, and that was it. And I went with Edge. Wow. Edge to me, Edge to me has always had great promo work i know bishop i remember him talking about how edge during the the triple threat build with brian and roman was always saying how edge was the reason why like he was getting into this and because he wasn't really an edge guy and he's not into his promos and all that and i was like edge just even with the cena stuff taker years ago like he's always had a great promo he's always been good on the stick and recently everything he's the feud with rollins the build to to the wrestlemania match even this right now i feel like he's carrying it with the miz edge to me is the pick okay edge uh chris uh, Edge is really good on the mic. The thing with Edge is everything he says is like believable. It has that like air of legitimacy to it. It's like you, you're not looking at someone who's just spouting spiel. Um, it, it, you can look at him and you know, it's believable. Get 100%. Um, I mean, Best on the mic without mentioning Paul Heyman. You can't, you can't do it. Um, you have to mention Paul Heyman at all times. Even the smallest things that he, he does uh, mean a lot. Um, MJF was also a pick for me. But I think, again, and I hate to say this because little Maxwell's my dude, um, it's seeming a little bit contrived now. Like the whole, I don't know, man. AEW seem to kind of, it's like they 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 suffer from premature ejaculation. Like 
they they get a little sniff of something good and they just fucking blow in one go and they're just like yeah let's just let's just do that again do it again do it again do it again it's like fucking calm fucking calm down like take it easy man like fucking it again with wrestling whether it's promos or whatever take your time man do things build them up man like I enjoyed MJF's promo with CM Punk, but it was too long, way yeah, too long. It was. Um, it was way too like, oh man, it was just fucking. It was good and it was bad. It was like I'm, I'm torn. I, I really liked it, but then I thought, nah, it's a bit fucking hokey. That, mid, that Miz line was pretty shit. Yeah, and the whole okay. fucking, you know. Uh, hustle loyalty respect thing it was quite good but then you think now nah, it's a little bit fucking hokey um oh man it, I, I i love maxwell i love his character i love but i just think again aew are gonna fucking ruin it man i think that if there's one guy that can do you know who he reminds me of mjf a young la knight yeah but like um it, what was he in in impact um eli drake. eli drake that's it you know the whole eli drake you know la night like uh, that kind of character i think mjf you know what i think the best thing for mjf would be to get signed to wwe oh no yeah dude there's been talk that apparently wwe's interested in i would say if yeah, they the if if Think of the people that he could work with in, in WWE behind the scenes that yes. could just give him that fucking guidance that, I mean, maybe MJF could have been in the room for improvement. I mean, he was de facto in that by being in AEW because they just need to be better. But he, he just needs that professional kind of, right, kid, you know, he needs to be under the wing of someone who... Because he's got, he's got, he's got that it factor. He has that thing, and he he's got the passion for it, and he fucking loves it, and he lives the gimmick, and he knows what he's doing. He's bringing back kayfabe to a point, so he just needs to kind of be polished to a point where he can just be more. It can just mean more, so it's not just a gimmick, you know. It it's hard to put into words, man. It's fucking MJF is like the most uplifting thing for me but at the same time it gives me a mr floppy when i think about how aew are just gonna fuck him up um do you remember the question chris yeah best on the mic fuck it fuck it we're here i don't know where we're gonna do this again let me let me jump on that because all i'm thinking to myself is look when aew first came on on tnt I watched every fucking week, right? I, I I had, I mean, you guys probably saw it. I would take a picture of watching both, put it on Twitter. I'm doing both at the same time. I'm watching NXT and I'm watching AEW at the same time. I was an MJF guy. MJF got partnered up with Cody. They had a phenomenal story going. And I said to myself, if MJF as a baby face goes through six months eight months of the crowd getting behind him and then turns on cody 
you have a massive heel because we all saw it, right? Chris's point for the last two years, that's all we have seen is yeah. that same nugget of character. Mm-hmm. But had MJF been a heel for six months, eight months, I'm sorry, a baby face for that long, because we it's it's obvious how much of a heel he is. But they had these, they had these little mentor moments with Cody where it's like, oh wait, MJF's likable because he's not talking and he's following the lead and he's not in the long, not in the long. They cut the tie so quick on that. The MJF we got two years ago from basically today until now, it's the same MJF. That's back to the who can improve more. It's AEW mm-hmm. and their structure. When people say that they tell stories, they don't because they didn't allow that story to tell. The they Hangman never Omega storyline happened over two years because that's how much time passed. That's not how much effort they put into the story. That's not how much effort they put into give a shit. So to your point where MJF could be best on the mic, imagine if he had more, imagine if he had more to talk about from his experience with Cody, as opposed to, haha, I fooled you for six minutes or Jericho. I fooled you for three weeks. Mm. I mean, how long did they mesh with Jericho? Yeah. Pay-per-view, the pay-per-view. Yeah. Like it just, they, they don't do enough and they could tell a story short, but they don't do enough to pull you in and push you away like they did with Roman and Paul Heyman. They pulled you in. Mm. We didn't know that was going to end on Friday, especially when Roman gives him a hug. Roman hugs Paul Heyman. And I'm like, okay. And then he delivers the line. Thank you for being honest with me. And then you hear Paul Heyman. I love you, my travel chief. Thank you so much, my travel chief. And then four seconds later, you're fired. We... Who knows what's going to happen until day one? Building to a hook to get reeled in is not AEW's thing. And it could have happened. MJF could be a part of that. But no. If you tell me MJF had a promo, I go, okay, I get it. Because he had a promo. So he's not best on the mic. That's Who the is thing. best on the mic? And, <laughs> to your point, that's what I'm saying. He could be, and I want him to be best on the mic. He could be, and I want him to be. But it's it, it, he's not progressed, but not necessarily for his own. They've, they've just told him, yeah, just keep doing that, bro. Just just right. keep doing just keep doing those one liners and just keep doing that, man. And yeah, fucking, you're my guy, huh? You're my guy. You know what if Fuck worked on. with Road Dog? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like to your point, what if MJF worked with Road Dog? Yeah, you know, I mean it. Nobody was not famous or important or good at wrestling, but completely over as Road Dog. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't go down in the history as one of the greatest of all time. But put Road Dog on your TV, is he not the best one you're looking at on TV? It's that Enzo vibe, isn't it? Oh, don't get me started on Enzo, bro. Like, you know, get you started. Tell me get all me about started. it. So, <laughs> you know, so so best on the mic, best best on the mic. It should be MJF in the right atmosphere. I'm hoping, and like even A is so fucking annoying. AEW have got some really good old school talent and mentors working with them. You know, I swear Jake the Snake Roberts is still fucking working with AEW. Why would Who's you, better I mean, at a promo? Who's better at a had, promo? Yeah, do you know what I mean? For fuck's sake, they had him in a ladder match taking some shit kick to the face or something. Like, come on, man. You've got you've got someone who is like the epitome of psychology in your company, and he's never done anything on the stick. 
the fuck, man? It, 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 it's like having David Beckham playing on your team and going, here, Dave, here's the gloves going goal, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking twat. I get that reference. Yeah, and that's why I use Beckham, baby. I knew you would. So, you know, uh, MJF should be, but I think Bex is probably going to be the one man for the impact she's made, what she was doing. And, and, and you know, I, I will say, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. But one day, he's got the mic in his hand there, you see. One day, you will be the winner of Best on the Mic. It fucking works. It's, it's a good thing that wipes clean. Yeah, yeah, it's been wiped clean ah. a few times. Oh, oh my. He's the salt of the earth, dude. Come on, man. But yeah, it's disappointing. But yeah, I, it's got to be Bex, man. Sorry. Uh, who, who hasn't been yet? Have I? I? I think me, but I talked yeah. a lot. So, but no, I have Becky too. I, 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 again, to my point of making her female wrestler of the year is her ability to be on the microphone. And I, I've tweeted this out a bunch. Again, follow me at TubeTakes Podcast on Twitter. Becky's ability to know who her character is, but also know who her opponent's character is. If you watch her against Liv in a promo segment where Liv ain't the best on the mic ever, ever. Like, like when has she ever had a microphone in her hand for fucking four minutes, right? It's not her thing. And shouts to her for keeping up. Becky was able to show sorrow, show that she fucked up, rebound it into... Um, Oh, I got dissed. Let me get the one up on you. You know, she's had the ability since coming back to, as wrestlers would say, put their opponent over. Give give the crowd a reason to give a shit about the one they're going at. But the key to me, when you look at the build to Survivor Series, Becky was fucking hated at SummerSlam. Shouts to some of you guys here. Becky was hated at SummerSlam. They moved to Survivor Series, and within four weeks, she went from people not liking her because of Bianca to people loving her because she's facing Charlotte to people hating her again because the crowd shitted on the women's Survivor Series match. She has an ability on the microphone to know exactly who big-time Bex is. Shouts to Charlotte for not being good on the mic. Because she doesn't realize when she says, Becky, you were the last kicker. You were the man. You were two belts Beck. Uh, two belts Becky to uh, big time Becks. Who are you? Who Becky is, is a wrestler who knows what character development is. Becky is a wrestler who knows who her opponents are and how important they are is. Charlotte is a performer who doesn't know how to use a microphone. Uh, except for maybe a couple things. I don't know. Her dad might have showed her. But <laughs> <laughs> Becky on the microphone, especially in the women's division, from NXT to fucking AEW to Impact, no matter what, there's zero women in the wrestling business today that can get you to cheer her, boo her. Cheer her opponent, boo her opponent faster, quicker, more believably. Than Becky Lynch can. And again, because she helped, helped, because it's all help. It's, it's nothing, nothing wrong with Bianca. She helped get Bianca to start up. She helped us to give a shit about Liz. Liv. She helped us to care about Becky when facing Charlotte. 
to then hating her again after the match to care about Liv. Becky on the microphone, there's no one better. I do, however, appreciate Roman's ability to not give a fuck what the crowd thinks. I, I know you guys remember fucking four years ago, five years ago, he couldn't put a microphone in his hand without shaking and trembling because the crowd was going to say some shit. Now he don't give two fucks. And every word he says is so fucking important. Uh, and now the crowd waits for him to say some shit, which is phenomenal. And uh, two other honorable mentions, uh, Sonya and Mandy. I think Mandy's kind of found herself a little bit in NXT. And I think Sonya, because of the pandemic and everything she does as a, I guess, general manager or shot caller, whatever you want to, I think Sonya on the microphone is phenomenal too. So I appreciate all them. And then the last honorable mention, best on the mic, would be Pat McAfee because he's a fucking Hall of Fame commentator. Yeah, dude. Uh, and honestly, JB, like you said at the beginning of this, myself. <laughs> um, just quickly to one of them points, though. Do you see how important it is, even for um, the tribal chief, to be taken under the wing of someone who knows about promos and ha- knows how to work the microphone, how it would improve someone to give them the confidence to know why they're doing stuff, how they can say stuff, and, and just how to work the stick. that's really important so if you take someone with the raw materials and then you put them with someone who can mold that and help them to improve you can have yourself a superstar and um yes correct a hundred percent justin did you pick yeah yeah sorry i'm i've been up since 5 a.m man what time is it (laughs) 11 yeah damn um i mean this one's an easy this one was an easy one for me uh, breakout star because it's got the it's got part of the name in it. It's Bron Breaker. Fuck. <laughs> like, I mean, he he only really had a thirty three and a third chance to begin with, but then once you put Kurt Angle in the mix, it was um. Yeah, sorry, I'm... and he knows he can't beat me at sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. So then add that to the don't man. I fucking love that shit. Sorry, yeah. Get it. me up. Do it. Bron Breaker <laughs> has been a revelation in NXT for me. And I mean, there was there was one or two that I was thinking about, like maybe Dante Martin in AEW, but then I don't know, man. It didn't. It, I watched that match with MJF, and man, that was. But that was but again, bro, he he's another one. Dante Martin, good. He's got the fucking. He's got the minerals. He can do. He can work. He knows what he's doing. But he shouldn't be on on TV right now. He needs to be. Just do you know, uh, like streamlining his craft? He's he gets too excited, you can see it on his face that you get, you get that you know, this is the problem with AEW not having. I mean, I, I'm sure these guys must be working in a ring somewhere practicing, right? They can't, I mean, surely they can't just fucking every week. Oh, just QT like, oh. has a has a gym or something, sure. I think is that right? Oh. QT Marshall has got oh, the yeah, fucking him. the ring and that, but it's probably just. I mean, you know, it it on the outside, it's got the look of a professional company, but the inner workings are fucking outlaw mud show, bro. It's fucking it is amateurs. You know, you that that line, my favorite movie of all time is the Big Lebowski. And when I watch AEW, a lot of the time, all I can hear is John Goodman going. They're just a bunch of fucking amateurs. You know what I mean? That's all I fucking hear in my head. 
You know, yeah, they're good, but they're fucking amateurs, you know, and it's, it, it's, yeah, fuck, man. Dante Martin, yes, it could have been him, um, but yeah, he's just, he, he's making too many mistakes. That match with MJF was fucking brutal, bruv, yeah, for some of the rough. mistakes. Um, Fucked. I almost forgot, best on the mic, Hook. Yeah, Bron Breaker for me. Um, Please, Bishop, tell me. Um, Well, you guys made Bianca your female wrestler of the year, but she was breakout for me. Um, I think her ascent, because Justin will admit he was on the the Royal Rumble watch along with myself, Ref Marsh, and uh, GR Lunar, if I'm not mistaken, back in January. She wins the Rumble, and I go, well, she's got six weeks to get her shit together or nine weeks, whatever it was, because Bianca in, in 2020 was not a good wrestler. She just wasn't. When you talk about supreme athleticism, when you talk about phenomenal look, when you talk about knows where she belongs, I agree with all that stuff. But we're fans of wrestling, so we want to see wrestling. And I never saw a Bianca match that that pulled me in, that made me give a shit. And I said it at WrestleMania. She's too nervous for the moment. The bell rang and she fucking killed it. From WrestleMania on, she worked her way into a feud with Dewdrop where we're not questioning the ability of what's going to happen. Meanwhile, she never had a match of importance on NXT. And when she came up to the main roster, she's working with Bailey seemingly from an you know a podcaster's perspective to get her shit together to be able to perform with other wrestlers so while i definitely respect your guys's perception of bianca as female wrestler of the year to me it's a breakout performance because before this year i don't think she's in anybody's top 10 i don't think she's in anybody's top 20 she always had the skills the ability but never put it together this year she put it together to where if she main evented wrestlemania in 2022 we're not questioning it not because she did it in 21 but because she's that good now so to me i appreciate what bianca did for myself as a wrestling fan to go from not really caring what she does in the ring to completely into what she does in the ring like i'm not i'm not a big fan i just you know she, she hasn't deviated from her tricks yet, right? She does the standing moonsault. She does the smack on the ass. She uses her hair how she needs to. Uh, like Justin and his brothers say, she can't go to the ring without flipping her hair. Like, she has her Bianca-isms, right? But is she now, I have to watch every time she's on the TV? Absolutely. Was she in the beginning of the year? No, she wasn't. I, I didn't care if I saw her at the beginning of the year. Do I care now? Absolutely. To me, that's breakout. Um, but I, I respect you guys giving her female wrestler of the year. But to me, she was complete breakout. I had no one else. No one else. Justin, you're up. Okay, I actually have two, and I'm not putting one over the other here. I'm just going to go with both. First off, Matt Cardona. Ever since he left WWE, he has been probably one of the best heels that I have seen. He is so hated. Man, you, you just by, made Bishop leave, man. Like, 
<laughs> I mean, he's hated by so many people in GCW he's just a pee break. Right Damn. He's he's for a guy who went from irrelevancy doing fuck all to going on to the freaking indies and just making everybody hate him. He's been probably one of my favorites like lately this year and I hope it continues next year. My other one is Josh Alexander. This yeah. year was all his from the X division winning the X division title. Awesome run with it. The the winning the world title against Christian even though it only lasted like 30 seconds. Josh Alexander did an amazing job this year and I would kick myself not giving that to him i mean i'll be i'll be perfectly honest with you on this the cardona one is a huge yikes from me because i don't give a shit about him i think between him and chelsea there it's it's a pretty crappy sort of you know they, they don't do anything for me i know they're on impact i know one of them got hit with a chair the other night or something like Mm-hmm. And um, my honest thoughts was someone weren't swinging hard enough. <laughs> like it's a huge whatever on that one for me. But um, Josh Alexander, I my only problem well, it was not even a problem with the Josh Alexander thing. He's sort of been kicked out of the main event scene on Impact. Yeah, well, that's Which disappointing. Sucks. Yeah, um, gave it to Moose and just kind of forgot him which really freaking sucks unless this is just another strong build to get him back there again. Yeah. I, I think that's hopefully what it could be. I mean, cause it, it's funny. Like, uh, so my breakout star is, is someone who has been in the business a while, but this year he has come back into the business and he is slowly getting to a point where He's involved. So it's William Morrissey in Impact. Good one. Because he's involved with the whole Josh Alexander Moose thing right now. So, and to be honest, I think his backstory and what we know from the fucking rag sheets, brother, um, (laughs) you know, alcoholism and, and, and whatever is fucking tough, man, you know, especially when you're in wrestling or whatever. And yeah, cheers, Bishop. So, <laughs> you know, to, to come back from, because I, I'm not being funny. Like everyone seems to think that it was Enzo's fault that they were kind of chucked out of WWE, but it actually wasn't bro. It was like, it was fucking. Oh, Mar- Marcy was gone first, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He was he was binned first, yeah, and then Enzo. I still have got heat with WWE on how dirty they did Enzo, you know, when they had fucking literally just weird allegations that nothing ever came from and it was proven. Yeah, there was he zero evidence and all that. Zero yeah, evidence, up. bro. But they yeah. still had like fucking Velveteen Dream on the fucking roster for a long time. They had other fucking scumbags on there, you know, and mm. I just thought, Man, fuck. Talk about any excuse to the, fucking get rid of him. The conspiracy theorist in all of us says that they just wanted it, wanted rid of him. Of course they did, bro. Yeah. You know, and nothing would make me harder than to see 
um, you know, Enzo and Big Cass on the big stage. I've said it before. No one since the New Age Outlaws had that much. They were over that much from literally doing fuck all in the ring. They did nothing in the ring. They literally did jack shit. Um, Enzo could sell his ass off, you know, and then Big Cass would come in and boot people in the face. It was it's a great boot, though. It's oh, it's a great, a great boot. boot. It's a great boot. It's a boot. fantastic boot. Um, you know, so yeah, it, it's for me to see William Morrissey back in the in the ring doing his thing, it makes me smile. And it was really funny. We spoke to if you haven't seen this episode, go back into our archive and watch our three hour mayhem interview with Eric Watts. Um Eric Watts spoke to us about a Christmas party that he was going to for, D- for DDPs. It was like DDPs Christmas party. And it ended up being DDPs fucking wedding, basically. Um, and to see pictures of Big Cass, AKA William Morrissey. And there was Enzo just like in the side of these pictures. And I was like, oh, they're both there. My dudes. Um, but yeah, it just made me really excited. So, Breakout star, I'll give it William Morrissey. He's 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 working his way back through. He looks a million bucks. He's in really good shape. Um, again, I'd like to see him on a bigger stage than Impact Wrestling because it's not what it was. It's not, you know, it it's not doing people justice. It's not, you know, it's a shame. But yeah, I mean, from Breaker. You know, fucking hell. He, he, he's, uh, he could be winning the ICO Pro Award, possibly. Um, you know, but um, he's not quite at his uncle's level just yet. Um, the, he, who, his uncle is basically the originator of that award for us. You know, if it yeah, weren't for Scott Steiner, you know, we would have a perfect segue, that. actually, yeah. because next up is our, you can see it, ICO Pro Jacked Award winner. Um, well, not, I mean, there was only two picks for me, and this didn't include Braun Breaker at all. It was um, Brian Cage. Brian Cage. <laughs> an obvious sort of thing. And the other one was Jordan Grace. Oh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not being, you know, I'm not picky on this. Like, I love Jordan Grace. She said something on Twitter about people saying that a, a side effect from steroids is like a, a bad hairline. And then she put a picture of her up as a little kid with like, she's like, yeah, no, it's always been my hairline. It's like, all right, all right, cool. But you're just fucking massive, love. Like, yeah, you know it's what a I mean? thick lady, man. Don't, don't, don't. Mama pump for reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah. built for comfort, not for speed, brother. Don't piss on my head and tell me it's raining. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so those are my, those are my two, like, um, yeah, the, I mean, Brian Cage is always an obvious one. Clearly, AEW has no wellness policy. We've said this. <laughs> yeah, we've been over this already, yeah. Um, or someone else is pissing in his cup. <laughs> Justin, please, like, let's let's have an ICO Pro winner. Okay, I got, again, I got two as well. I got Hammerstone. Dude is fucking built like a goddamn skyscraper. Holy shit. My other option is J.R. Kratos. Okay. Holy shit. He is 
fucking massive. Like, I saw him when he was in NWA, teaming with fucking Aaron Stevens. Holy fuck, he is gargantuan. Like, he's... I can't even give you a fucking, like, comparison to him. He's so big. Like, I thought, like, he was going to be my main pick. But then I was like, no, I can't leave Hammerstone out of this one. Like, <laughs> like if, if you've seen him, you would immediately go, oh, okay, I definitely get why. <laughs> uh, there's also another pick. Um, obviously, you guys will have never seen, been treated to a gun show up close with Chris. I've seen him. You know, he's, you know, he's big Papa Pump Mark too, for sure. I'm a meat lord, bro. I'm a meat lord. Um, oh, we know you got the biggest piece, brother. Yeah. You know, so, um, but, <laughs> are you talking about my nose? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, it's got to be for me, Brian Cage, man. The geezer's fucking, he must love to ride a bicycle because he's been on a few cycles. Um, <laughs> he, um, <laughs> it's, it's Brian Cage, man. It's him. <laughs> Sorry. Brian Cage handing out COVID vaccines at the gym again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Straight into the arse. Oh Bishop. While I it. don't agree, I don't disagree. Sorry, I don't disagree. <laughs> I left Brian Cage off the list because I don't watch AEW. But as soon as you said it, I'm like, yeah, that guy has all the Ico Pro. All of it. All of it. <laughs> there's, no, there's no left for any. But if anybody had any before Brian Cage got it, it was definitely Braun Breaker and Hammerstone. But for me, the Ico Pro Award winner for this year is Walter's Palm. Walter's <laughs> Palm has ruined Champa. It ruined Dragonoff, and it even broke a table. Walter's Palm wins the Ico Pro Award winner for me. <laughs> that Walter Chop is a motherfucker. And even though I said I would take one Walter Chop over ten beats of the Barry because I'm one and done. There's, I hey, I met Seamus. There's a possibility he is on that list as well. So, do I want one or 10? I'll still take the one, but my Ico Pro award winner this year is Walter's Palm. Seamus <laughs> has definitely had a few Ico Pro shakes for sure. Uh, he's sort of covered up now, though, isn't he? Like, he doesn't necessarily suspenders and shit. Yeah, he's. Okay, we move we move on to uh, something else, something a little different. But again, from us, it's the uh, it's the what the fuck. Uh, we have one each, uh, one good, one bad. Uh, Bishop, one good, one bad. Um, look, I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. No matter what show I'm on, or or mine, or yours, or anyone else's, TWTakesPodcast.com for all audio platforms. NXT 2.0 is my what the fuck good man from the beginning and. Our good buddy here, Justin, at Justin Time 211, he'll attest. Me and him, we've been going on and on about NXT 2.0. We just put it in perspective. Like, when we're watching Black and Gold, we're, we're screaming from the rooftops. This isn't developmental. It's not developmental. And it never was, right? Black and Gold was never developmental. Because when you saw Keith Lee and Karrion Cross go to the main roster, they get fucking thrown out by the wayside. And it just never adds up. NXT 2.0 has been developmental, but not only has it been developmental, you get short stories, 
like uh, Duke Hudson and Cameron Grimes or Brown Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa or, I mean, even look at Liv Morgan. She wins the title and her story isn't even with Raquel Gonzalez. It's with her partners, Gigi and JC, trying to get them elevated. There's, there's these quick stories and, and, and massive presentation of characters like Tony D'Angelo and uh, Joe Gacy and Cora Jade. That's, it's like, hey, invest in the character, invest in the character. And if you watch NXT 2.0 thinking that it's black and gold, you're not going to like it. If you watch NXT 2.0 thinking that's AEW, you're not going to like it. But if you watch 2.0 to watch developmental that doesn't suck, it's fucking fantastic. It's so much fun to watch. And the fact that people shitted on it before even giving it a chance is my what the fuck. The what the fuck good is the fact that it's fucking good. It's really entertaining. NXT 2.0 is so unique in the fact that when you watch the Ruthless Aggression Era uh, documentary on Peacock or WWE Network, if you're on your side of the pond for now, they show you that OVW was a training ground, a proving ground for on TV, in the ring, all this shit. And the ring is like fucking 12 by 12. But in NXT, they got a 20 by 20. They have professional cameras, professional production, professional abilities. Like they talked about on one of my last episodes, NXT 2.0 should actually be considered polishing instead of developmental because I imagine with their performance center, they do all the developing before they actually put them on TV. On TV is polishing. Yeah, how it should be done. On TV is the polishing to see how it would translate to the next level. Tony D'Angelo is one of my favorite wrestlers in NXT 2.0 because he's really fucking good. I seriously doubt on everything that in six years, he's still Tony D'Angelo, this character. He's going to be something else. If I had to guess, this is him showing, hey, I can play a character. I can wrestle. I can tell a story. If he goes to SmackDown or Raw, it's got to be next level. It's got to be next step. So because it's not black and gold, because it's not black and black and gold, it's not AEW, doesn't mean it sucks. Watch it for 2.0 and see how good it really is. My what the fuck good is NXT 2.0. I think it's so fucking entertaining. To, Just to, quickly to, on the sorry on the, no, on the NXT point, is Harland meant to be giving me nails vibes? No, it's just obvious. Yeah, just a jumpsuit yeah. and a bald head. It is what it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping they start doing distorting the voice thing. Really go for it on it, like boss man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, just quickly to that, right? I I agree with um Bishop to the point that I think what they've done is very smart with with NXT 2.0 because I think they wanted to stop the comparison between NXT and AEW. And that's why they did it, because AEW and their fans, their entourage, always like to make everything about them. And they tried to, you know, compare AEW and, you know, the whole weekly fucking to and fro and all that. But now you can't really compare them. They do have a different look. And I think it's real smart what they've done. You only have to, I mean, AEW was smart in the fact that you look at their logo, there's black and there's gold in there. They were trying to be like NXT, but without saying it's like NXT. You know, one of those things. WWE made that 
smart decision to start, you know, a rebrand, change some colours. We're not like this AEW crap. We're completely different. And yeah, it's it was a wise move. Um, sorry, where were we? Who's next? Justin. Justin. Yeah, I, I, I completely went the same way. It's NXT 2.0 for me. I again, I'm I always enjoyed black and gold. I always liked when NXT was its own brand. It felt like its own brand under the WWE banner, which was still. I, I don't think like, again. I told Bishop. I don't think I'm ever really gonna like it more than I liked black and like and 2.0 more than I liked black and gold. But I do like 2.0. I like what they're doing with this. It's building these characters up now. And then everybody that used to bitch and complain about like, oh, why is this person come up to the main roster with a completely different character? Well, now more than likely these characters we see in 2.0 are what we're going to see on the main roster. It's, it's, it's giving you the chance to like these guys now before they get up there and then you'll still probably like them when they get on the main roster so 2.0 is it for me do, do they still have like um i say a developmental do they still have like kind of a live shows that are not televised or anything where people can where the guys can work that isn't like on the network or anything like that like an ovw like a fcw Kind of thing. Do they have that still? So, so still suspended, aren't they? For like anything. Yeah, that, that's what I would assume. I mean, again, I went to a house show in a very populated area in Washington D.C. So I don't know if NXT is touring to go, you know, like off TV type characters. But the point I made on on one of my last episodes was the fact that uh, Bron ba- Breaker was signed over a year ago. So he was doing something before 2.0 happened, mm-hmm. whether that's in the performance center or making the coconut loop, as they say, um, which is basically NXT going from their main location all around Florida, you know, just in a circle making towns. I don't know. I mean, as far as the pandemic goes, Florida has been pretty open no matter what. Yeah. Uh, they don't care who gets COVID. They can just swallow it all. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, I think the proven ground itself Chris, to your point earlier, being in WWE, things that are in NXT, basically all of DX minus fucking uh, Billy Gunn, the the minds that happen and and shouts to Prince Albert. I mean, us as kids watching Prince Albert going, this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Hip hop, hippo and all that shit. Fucking does, man. Yeah. But but like they say, those who can't do teach. (laughs) And he gets he gets heralded as a fantastic trainer. People fucking love him. Shouts to Scotty Tuhati, who just left. Another yeah. one who wasn't fantastic in the ring, but his bloodline is outrageous, just like Brian James's. You know, the ability to help teach these kids when the cameras aren't on and pre- prepare them for when the cameras are on. Justin and I just talked the last time we were together. Brown Breaker's 24, man. Well, <laughs> he's 24. I mean, yeah, Sasha was world champion at 24, but, I mean, Randy Orton, was he this polished and champion at 24? I don't think so. No. And this guy, honestly, Braun Breaker, as much as everybody wants him to, he doesn't have to live off his name. Randy Orton lived off his name without being polished. Braun Breaker is about to be completely polished and not have to live off his name. Come on, man. 
the, the, the not even a scary aspect of it. I think Bron Breaker is going to get better. There's, there's more to it, and that's <laughs> yes, already really good. I mean, I mean, that just blows my mind. Um, sorry, Justin. One, one. What the fuck, bad? Oi, I ain't done my what the fuck good yet, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> it ain't okay. this y'all. <laughs> I thought we was all doing what the fuck goods and then doing the what the fuck bad. Yeah, go on then. Give me, give me a good one. Um. What the fuck good? If you want. No, no, no. I've got a what the fuck good, but it's but it is some people saw it as bad. Um the WWE releases, man. Fucking yeah. good. Brilliant. Great stuff. You can't you can't hoard all the talent, man. They don't need them. Let them go. Let them run free. You know what I mean? Had to be done. Brilliant. My my <laughs> what the fuck good is uh it's edge being timeless. I just every time I see Edge, I'm I don't know why. He's getting on a bit. I'm expecting things to slow down and it doesn't happen. And I'm sitting there going, fuck he's good, fuck he's good, fuck he's good, like each time. And that it is a what the fuck for me. Like how how does he keep being so consistently good? Like and he keeps, you know, he's had these ridiculous sort of like injuries and took lots of time off and stuff and you think he might have lost a step somewhere but it doesn't look like he has yeah you're right he came back from the tricep injury with randy orton to win the rumble and go on an even better run because when he came back in the rumble and got fucked over and then the story that him and randy told going into the greatest match of all time or the greatest match ever whatever they called it that story was it was the beginning of what we've seen today and uh, to, to what we kind of talked about earlier, we, we can kind of layer all these awards together where edge was so close for a lot of us on male superstar of the year or match of the year or what, what have you that edges ability to bring you in something that I, I meant to bring up earlier on about edge when he won the rumble and went down to NXT Finn Balor felt not this important as champion, but this important as champion. He went up so many more levels. And I go, oh, my God, I want Finn Balor versus Edge. Just because Edge walked in the door. So to your point about what the fuck good, why is Edge this timeless? And to you, timeless. But to me, I'm finally a fan. If he can maintain his fans from before and also bring in people who didn't necessarily like him, I I fully agree. What the fuck good? Uh, That has been Edge for sure. Uh, what the fuck bad um i'll start because mine is mine is hit row man like what oh i the whole the whole thing like you know call up from nxt straight on smackdown do a couple of bits on smackdown now you're all fucking fired um my biggest issue was that um, was it Swerve got done and BFAB. I really thought those two had way more potential than the other two, but I just thought that was a that was dirty. That was that was the one that I didn't enjoy. Um, you know, with releases and stuff, I thought it was a some some fuckery. They they don't always get it right with the releases. I will be no, honest. Like no. you know, they they they. They have released a lot of talent and they, they have released some that make you think, all right, so why did you do all of this and then release them? You know, some of them, 
it's hard to justify or you know make sense of um but yeah it's um the whole releases thing is crazy because did you see there was a picture um on social media i don't know if it was facebook or somewhere and it was Tony Khan, not TKAEW Tony Khan, the other guy. Yeah. Nick. Nick. Nick Khan. Sorry. Nick Khan. Um, it was Nick Khan, The Rock, and another lady um, who is the producer of a load of stuff for WWE and producer for other shows and that, who I think is related. Young Rock. Yeah. yeah that's it. The Young Rock mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. So, this is another thing like my what the fuck bad is like just toxic wrestling fans man <laughs> fucking hell it, it could be a, a what the fuck bad mm-hmm. every year um so on on this thread of whatever was being said the rocks there with nick khan saying look us three we grew up together running around in hawaii fucking doing this doing that doing the other and you know we're real good buddies and rah 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 and then just the fucking tirade of shit that was just like underneath it was like oh nick khan that guy who's fucking ruining wwe and fucking releasing all these guys and rah 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 and i was just like oh my god like it's like backseat driving, but to the nth degree. It's like a lot of these people don't know their earhole from their arsehole when it comes to how to run any company, let alone a wrestling company. So it's like, it's all just opinions that we've said this before. Like, you know, we have opinions that we all have them and we're, we're having them now, but there's a way to put your opinion across and a lot of these guys are just fucking assholes and it's just like i'm really sorry like we're just, we're part of that sphere that bubble you know and the wrestling podcast bubble is pretty similar like there's a lot of really fucking cool guys and girls doing this yeah there really is but there's a lot of fucking jagoffs, man. Like, <laughs> fuck's sake. You know, there, there's there's a lot of pricks who feel that... No, I'm totally children from you. Like, <laughs> you know, man, there's a lot of fucking dickheads. So, you know, for me, my what the fuck bad moment is just like toxic wrestling fans, toxic, like, you know, armchair bookers and all this shit, like... Oh man, fucking get over yourselves, bruv. Like, you know, some some of you are, are fucking lovely guys and, and you've got th- well thought out opinions like our man Bishop and Justin, you know, you are you are part of the wrestling community that don't just say stuff just to say stuff. Like you you think about this stuff, you do, you know, but my God, there's some fucking tossers out there. And that is my what the fuck bad moment. Just too many toxic wrestling dickheads. Just just so you guys know, tosser is another word for wanker. Just yeah, tosser. <laughs> Sorry. It's just, well, I figured it was on the other side, just face in it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just there was a, there was a famous tweet from uh, WWE years ago 
when it's like uh, it was Mick oh, Foley yeah. and The Undertaker when um, Mick Foley tossed The Undertaker off of the cage and Mick was like, yeah, maybe don't say like, I tossed him off because that means something totally different in the UK. <laughs> and like, you know, in the UK, it's a good thing to be tossed off. It's not bad. Uh, so, yeah. But, I yeah. look forward to it. Yeah, man. Well, you've got to come over here for WrestleMania when it happens. I'll be eating my ass and you might get tossed <laughs> off. <laughs> a couple bips and bobs on a Jack and you Danny. I mean? and we're okay, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're all good, man. <laughs> Bishop, what the fuck, man? What the fuck bad is Cody and tables? Every time Cody has a table, nothing goes good, man. What the fuck? <laughs> it is bad every time Cody has a table. My guy, one of my favorite people in the fucking world, at just in time to 11, loves himself some Tommy End. He doesn't care if he's Aleister Black, Malachi Black, or Tommy End, or fucking the Earth's End when it was flat. After Chris found out, <laughs> I I remember tweeting this fucking guy, this fucking guy at just in time to eleven. Who's this Did guy? you just see Cody get kicked? Look at the table, stop, and then jump into the table. And he goes, "Yeah, I saw it." <laughs> <laughs> and then a couple weeks ago, this fucking guy Cody has a match. With Andrade, L whatever he wants to be called. Mm. His wife, adorable. Uh, I appreciate her presence because she understands how to be cocky. Lights a table on fire for her husband. While Andrade has to sell on the top rope, just sitting there. <laughs> Cody. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. This cracked me up. Cody fucking... What, what do we call this? A back superplex or a, a well, I mean, it, honestly, it's a back body drop. Like, what the fuck is it? Like, it's a, it's, mm. it's, it's a fucking nothing move. He, he basically shoulder tosses Andrade, takes the entire back bump through a flaming table and pins Andrade within five seconds and wins and wins. He gets offense after going through a flaming table. What the fuck? That's bad. He is the table, bro. He is the table. What the I fuck the is table. Cody Groot? Can, <laughs> can Cody come out and just say, I am Cody? So when it comes to anything wood platform based, he can just go, I am Cody. Mark all the tables, Cody. What the fuck? Well, he should Cody, just come out it, the what, King of Kings and fuck it all off, man. It's, like, it's, just... it's incredible because, look, I am, again, why, why AEW is my... I don't know, whatever the fuck we called it earlier, the most improved fucking work on that shit next year. What can, who can improve <laughs> whatever the fuck award? These are the reasons why you have Cody. If you, cause look, when, when I saw Cody and Jay lethal with the bull rope match and he gave Jay lethal the boots afterwards and all that stuff, I thought it was a fun match. Right. But it was a small arena, small spaces. They had kind of the same, similar things as the Malachi black match. Malachi black versus Cody. He gets kicked on the top rope, had to look at the table first and then jump into it. I'm like, come on, Cody. Like, And then again, like I said, the flaming table spot. Cody's on the top rope. He's punching Alistair. He looks back. Fucking Brandy's lighting the table up. She's doing the pomp and circumstance. He looks back, punches Alistair, and then the back body drop happens. 
And Alistair goes, nah, fuck this shit. I'm rolling over, hitting my head on the mat, but I'll sell it for you, whatever. While I'm getting pinned, I'll put out the fire too. Camera work, production, all that shit. If you tell me Cody and a table's happening, I'm going, all right, thanks for the picnic. I'm going home. <laughs> I'm, I'm still bitter that he squashed Anthony Agogo as well, so... Like, Mate, we, not, yeah. we had a whole episode as to why that could have been the greatest thing ever, right? Yeah. And they and we said, I hope they don't fuck it. And what did they do literally within days? They fucked it. Yeah. They stuck two fucking fists no straight up there. They literally, you, you know, but I, what I've heard though, that um people in WWE are actually looking at maybe trying to re-sign Malachi Black, man. There's talk that they actually want him back. He'd be better used. He'd be better used. Look, uh, look, I'm a, I'm adjacent to AEW. I don't follow it as much. I know Justin is a huge fan, so maybe he can speak better on this. But whatever happened, because we don't know, right? Spoiler alert to all fucking wrestling podcasters out there. We don't fucking know. When, when, Mal- when Alistair was feuding with Big E and then got cut, we assumed, because we heard, there's names on paper with dollar amounts. They they trimmed the fat, got rid of dollar amounts. Malachi was gone. Even Alistair said it. Like, dude, I don't fucking know. I got cut and was like, oh, shit. All right, well, fuck it. Like, everyone I worked with was awesome. Doesn't want to burn bridges. His wife's doing phenomenal shit. She still blocked me. Go fuck herself. The point is, if he comes back, we saw the effort they put into him in WWE. If there's a collaborative effort, I have no doubt in my mind he'd be absolutely outstanding there, opposed to the bullshit that we've seen. I said it. Justin will remember this, and you guys too, because you listen to the show. Much appreciated. TWTXpodcast.com if you want to find all audio platforms. I love it when he does that. When he debuted, when he debuted in AEW, he had an awesome entrance that got cut off by a fucking commercial Hmm. before the reveal. He came out to the black lights and the fog and the light just on him. He goes to take his fucking mask off and they go to commercial. What the fuck did we just watch? They can tell stories, though. Shout Shockmaster 2.0. Hey, man, you know like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, please. What the fuck, bad? I think Bishop knows where I'm going with this. Uh-oh. It's Charlotte. Just some of the, not even some, the worst shit we have seen this year. She does, I'm not going to fucking just stick on this the entire time because as much as I love to shit on Charlotte, I'm not going to freaking stick on this long. She does fucking nothing for any division she's a part of anymore. She I don't know if she needs to just go off of TV and find some fucking new thing to do something, but she does nothing. She makes everybody around her look like dog shit. She's fucking shit. Like I, I don't know what it is. She, she ruins matches for me anymore. Like even last night, the tag match as much as probably a shit ton of people loved it. Charlotte ruins it for me and I didn't give a fuck. She she needs either to do something to fix herself or just 
go the hell away because at this point I don't think there's anybody that wants her around anymore. So she is my what the fuck bad moment. I mean, not so much a what the fuck bad as a fucking burial, man. That was that was deep. Um every anyone remember when Tito Ortiz used to knock someone out or finish someone off in UFC and he'd dig their grave like you know in celebration. <laughs> And drag them, yeah, was, and then drag them into yeah. it, yeah, yeah. That was a. I just had visions of Justin doing that there. That um, I mean, that was. Is he wrong? No, he's not. Okay. So. <laughs> the, the, the the thing with Charlotte is right. It is the classic living off the name shit. It's it, it is the epitome of my dad's Ric Flair. You should all fucking think I'm the greatest. Why do you not think I'm the greatest? I'm the greatest, you know. Not to mention everybody else always says that her dad is the greatest of all time, and that doesn't fucking help either. No. But I wouldn't put Ric Flair in my top five. I probably wouldn't even put him in my top ten. He's either ten or fourteen for me. Like, it takes a while for me to get the Ric Flair. Come on now. Let's not fucking get overexcited now, all right? He's totally be top five. Come on, dudes. For who? <laughs> Rick For Flair. British guys with big goatees? Come on, man. Hey, come on. This is my Anvil Neidhart. I'm working on it, man. <laughs> working on it. This is my I don't have time when I finish work. Uh, it's a shame. No, I mean, Ric Flair isn't everybody's taste. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 I, yeah, I think yeah. in an, I mean, to be fair to you, you know, greatest of all time for an era, maybe. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, um, yeah, he is. He's of a different time, for sure. Um, there are people that have a lot more variation in their matches. But again, some people say that Bret Hart was one of the greatest of all times. But then other people that say, yeah, but you watch one Bret Hart match, you've watched them all. You know, right. so it's, it's fucking tomato, tomato. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And and Justin, I appreciate you bringing up Charlotte for a what the fuck bad, because she is my always what the fuck bad for the last six fucking years. I mean, it's just there's an inability to be there for your opponent. Obviously, as I've been tweeting out since the Tony Storm stuff happened, the first moment she had a chance to make Tony look bad, she did pied her twice without allowing Tony to get comeuppance. Right. Tony, Tony had to stand there, take the second pie and stand still while Charlotte walked away. Yet when it was Charlotte's turn to get pied, she's holding up her title. She drops it. The hand she drops it with, and you're a champion putting your title on the floor, not in the ring, but on the the fucking floor. So she can put her hands up to not take a pie in the face means you're not willing to be there for your opponent. You're not willing to look like shit for your opponent to look better. Meanwhile, Becky is exposing herself crying on TV for her opponent, Liv, to show that Becky has vulnerabilities and the chance that Liv could beat her. When you don't do that for your opponents, you are what the fuck bad. Yet you have 13 fucking titles and I'm supposed to believe it when you finally break the record. Show me fucking something from the last six years besides a moonsault that turns into a reverse clothesline. It should be called the go fuck yourself instead of the (laughs) what the fuck bad. I mean, think of all the people that Rick put over. Like if she she was going to learn anything from Rick, it would be how to get something over, put someone over. Because Rick, Rick, did it Rick never for worried. Everyone. Yeah, Rick never really worried about looking like 
whatever, you know, the amount of times he's been bare-assed and, you know, pulled off a cage and, you know, but, I mean, at times he was a difficult fucker. Let's not forget, though. So maybe she's just got that kind of trait as well. Yeah. He so the best example I can give you for what you guys just said is Sting, right? Sting is the biggest thing Rick ever created. What's the greatest Sting match of all time? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. 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 Sting is a fucking Probably. icon built off the back of winning the title from Ric Flair, yet he never had phenomenal matches ever. His presence the in the rafters. It was probably the tag team match with Lex Luger against the Steiners. Yeah. Probably right. his best match. Yeah. So, so because Sting is not, and, and yet we can name three Roman Reigns, Roman Reigns matches from this year that are better than anything Sting has ever done. But Sting's an icon, and he, his legacy is built off of defeating the all-time NWA guy. So Sting is there for the okay. ultimate WCW um, sorry, guy. Sorry, Bishop. One did come into my head. Um, him and Vader, where Vader beats him for the title. Sting, Sting was excellent that night. Fair sorry, enough. Just, just fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. No, fair enough. Like, Absolutely the, fair enough. The thing with Sting, I think, personally, and I'm going to go on, let's suck off TNA moment, but... The the best sting, yeah, you know, man, proper like <laughs> not that match with Jeff Hardy, is it? Pepper grinder, man, proper <laughs> pepper grinder, um, deep throating moment. Um, but his time in in TNA, he had some fucking. That was the best sting for me when he was having matches with people like Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, fucking mm -hmm. Jeff Jeff Jarrett, you know, fucking AJ Styles, Booker T. You know, at that era of the main event mafia and all that kind of shit, that was the best thing. You're right. He he basically was was up there because he was the kind of the the icon killer. He was the 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 yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the legend killer. But this definitely went from a um uh, a shit on Charlotte take to a praise thing one. But uh, I just that that was my whole thing that if Charlotte's going to be end up being in the ethos as one of the greatest of all times, the same way her dad is. And I'll, I'll definitely, I'll take a bow on this. Even if I started watching wrestling in 93 at eight years old, there's no Ric Flair matches from 93 on that are iconic beyond character work, right behind sitting in the, the corner going like this, don't hit me or falling on his face or taking a clothesline over the top rope five steps and falling on his face, right? He was all gimmick by then. So pre-93 is where he sowed his oats, and I'm, I I didn't watch. So you're right, Chris. Like, generation beforehand, that's where he he did his thing. The 92 um, Royal Rumble. The 92 Royal Rumble was the fucking shit for Flair. Same point. Yeah, exactly. You were a year <laughs> too late, man. No, there, was, there, was, there was a couple of matches in, in the night in the – Mid to late nineties of flares that yeah. you know, stick out, but and, and, and I even, one with... of them he's one of them he's babyface as well, so it's not even like him doing the hiding stuff. Oh, and, that's and look, the one you, when you it was say like the same career-ending match, weren't it? No, no, no. This is the one with um with it was a six-man against the NWO. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, really good. You can say the same for Charlotte though, and Charlotte's what the fuck bad and being so bad. She's definitely had great matches, great moments. She's had awesome uh, appearances on TV, but the bad, to Justin's point, I would I would believe, is there's a, a recognition and a hype around her name that is never executed what what we see on TV, 100%. and it sucks. It sucks because just like AEW, I would love to love a performance, and you just can't. 
Okay, uh, we've got two categories left. Um, next one is biggest surprise. Um, my biggest surprise is that Crown Jewel was as fucking good as it should as it was. Like I've, yeah, I'm for for Crown Jewels that were so bad beforehand. This one was fantastic, and that was a big surprise for me. So, Justin, big surprise. What have you got? I'm going with Brock Lesnar. The fact that he's been around so much this year, like he's been around way more than he usually is. And he's been probably some of the most enjoyable shit you'll ever see on TV right now. I, I, I go with Brock right now. So that's Canadian hero, Brock Lesnar. Cool. <laughs> One half of the, what is, what is Marsh called? <laughs> oh yeah. The uh, uh, Canadian alpha males. There you go. Canadian, Canadian alpha, alpha males. males. Yeah. Him and Sami Zayn. Chris, biggest surprise. Uh, it's only recently just happened, my biggest surprise. And it is Jeff Hardy, bro. Um, bit of a surprise because, again, it's been sullied by the toxic wrestling commentators. Um, oh, I thought you were talking about Matt Hardy then. Oh, right. <laughs> you leave the fucking twisted one again it was, he will delete you um so jeff hardy for me is one of the iconic wrestlers really from when i was growing up man and i've got a little special something to show you guys as well so facebook marketplace right you can you you can pick up some fucking you know we don't really have craigslist or whatever here man like so facebook marketplace is the place where you can get some good shit so for five English pounds, which is probably like, what, fucking seven or eight bucks or something, I found this on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> oh, that's fucking that's cool. Gameboy. Yeah, bro. <laughs> that's fucking cool. Smackdown, Hardy Boys, fucking WWF skateboard. That's Fuck fucking me. mint, man. That's not even worn down. Nah, man. I mean, the top's a little bit... You know, but fuck me, I'm not going out and skating on this, dude. Look at that. Look. That's Look. It's cool. amazing. Kickflip kick into a swanton, man. Shit, I'll fucking break fucking my neck. Man. I do that shit. Um, <laughs> five English pounds that cost me. Um, I had to drive to the next town. It was like 10 minutes drive or whatever. But um, yeah, Jeff Hardy, man, is a bit of a surprise because he's done some good stuff this year. He's had some good matches. Um I mean, he's old, um, but he doesn't really seem that old in, in in the scheme of things when you when you look at him. So it was a bit of a surprise <laughs> when um, when he was released, and there was all the talk of you know he was a bit sloppy on a house show or something, and then people were talking about oh you know he's got drink and drug problems, maybe he's back on the drink and drugs, and all that toxic talk started from people that got their heads up their asses and don't really know what they're talking about. It might have been that, it might have not been that, but people were saying it as if it was like a, a given. It's like, oh, no, clearly he's got to be fucking on drugs again or whatever, you know? Um, and then there was pictures of him and Matt, and then he was saying, you know, Matt was saying, look, he'd done a drug test before he left, and then we'll see what the thing is. And I don't know, maybe it was a positive drug test. I don't fucking know. I haven't looked into it or whatever. But for me, that was a bit of a surprise that... um. Jeff Hardy been released from WWE under Especially after getting the treatment of uh, of a Stone Cold special and all that. Yeah, yeah, man, it was it was really 
it that was a, a surprise for me. Um because he yeah, he had the broken skull uh thing and yeah, I mean I fucking just love Jeff Hardy, man. I just like I just like, you know, the amount of um tights that I went through as a kid, you know, ripping the fucking, <laughs> you know, and just you know, fuck off, man. It's like, no, man, shit. And I, I used to go around to my cousin's house and he used to do wrestling and that, and he was a lot younger than me. And I used to like swant on the shit out of him, the poor bastard. You know, it's like, you know, the amount of sofas we nearly broke doing that shit. But, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of nostalgia and that kind of thing. And the fact that he's still wrestling, it's 2021. I mean, this is, this is fucking like 20 years ago, you know? It's a long time ago, so and the, you know the fact that he was still doing bits and bobs to a high level, and the fact that even you know after he'd done, he'd gone to TNA, he'd been on the a couple of indies and doing bits and bobs there. The fact that he got back to WWE and he was back at that level um, is just a testament to his fucking intestinal fortitude, you know, testicular fortitude. Well, it was, he was due a run. Than the main event, wasn't he? Yeah. And he that had is... a great, great matches in Survivor Series and that, you know, he fucking he was doing all right, man. So it was it was just a, a, a sad surprise for me, man. But we don't know what's going on. But yeah. Bishop. That just just to piggyback off of that, I've 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 said it actually on a uh the good cop, bad cop wrestling podcast I was on last week. Shouts to those guys too at Could They Wrestle. Um Whatever's going on with Jeff Hardy, it, it feels similar to something that I have, which is imposter syndrome, right? You get to a point where everything's going good for you and you don't think you deserve it. So you self-sabotage. Um, that's a big thing for me, my, my own self. And I, I hope that in us who have those flaws that end up making those mistakes, you realize what those are so you don't make those mistakes again. Um, I was there for Survivor Series and I was shocked that Jeff Hardy got the reaction he did. But not only because I'm not a fan of what he's done lately. He has been perceptively out of shape, missed some timing. Um, you know, the opponent has to wait a little longer to get the moves going. But realistically, I would say since like the middle of October through Survivor Series and even when he got released, he was operating on a different level. And um, when I heard the reaction at Survivor Series, not just for his entrance, because his entrance music was the second loudest pop of the night, but that build before he lost at Survivor Series, the crowd was all behind Jeff Hardy. So whatever Dirt Sheet wants to say that they knew a title run was coming, by being there and hearing the crowd, I completely understand why Jeff Hardy was a thing, um, even at his age. My particular biggest surprise uh, was Chris is actually what the fuck good has been all the cuts. Um, Justin, and I, Justin and I talked a couple episode, episodes ago on the Terrible Wrestling Taste podcast about WWE having more shows. Um, if they don't cut these guys like an Adam Cole or a Brian Danielson and they move an NXT black and gold to a different time slot, it works. I don't because it's not my company, I don't know, right? I come from a food service background. If it doesn't make sense to be open on Sundays, you're not open on Sundays, right? If the WWE doesn't think a Saturday show would work, then they don't have a Saturday show. But if Keith Lee and Karrion Cross and Adam Cole and uh, you name it, who's been released, Hit Row, all those guys, 
if they're on a Saturday show or even a Thursday show at 8 p.m. or a Wednesday at 8 p.m., literally WWE, if their old school WWE network said 8 p.m. Monday through Sunday, show one through seven is at 8 p.m., I don't have cable. I don't have regular TV for anything else. I would just have the WWE network and I would watch, watch wrestling every night at 8 p.m. And because WWE doesn't think it's necessary to operate in those time slots, and again, I don't know the business portion of it, I'm surprised that they would rather let these wrestlers go than create a new show on a new night in the same time slot that makes sense. For instance, Monday, Tuesday, they already have, they have Friday. Put a show on Thursday at 8. Shouts to Impact, but Thursday at 8, there's no competition there. If Thursday at 8 you had 2.0 because Tuesday at 8 you have black and gold, you have an AEW-style show on Tuesdays, and then you still have what 2.0 is on Thursdays. You service both fan bases, and to be honest, you probably get six to 800000 in the U.S. both nights. You're not losing either way. That's my surprise. They would rather let these wrestlers go than create the opportunity to have more on TV. That's, that's good. I think um, best on but, the mic, twenty twenty one. But, but, but <laughs> with that though, I think um, with WWE, I think they are in a transitional period themselves as well, and I think they are they're like trimming the fat, if you know what I mean. In and they're not really thinking to kind of do anything like that. They're not thinking creatively to that extent. I think you're right. Like, you know, with the fact that they've got the network, they could quite easily have a really good fucking show every night of the week with great talent. They, they really could do that. Um, but I mean, you know, why they haven't, we will never know. It is weird that they would say, all right, well, fuck it, man. We'll just, you know, let them go <laughs> um, rather than do that. But, yeah, it's it's. I don't think they're thinking like that at the minute. I think they're shaping up to create. They're they're keeping what they've got. They're they're trying to streamline what they have rather than creating more. Because I'm assuming it's probably quite a lot of work um, to create a good TV show, and it and it needs more investment or whatever. And I think they're just trying to make themselves look good on the stock market. If I'm honest. I think that's probably the reason, but you're right. They, they, they could, <laughs> I mean, AEW have got, I mean, we had this conversation also on good cop, bad cop that they've got AEW have got more wrestlers probably than WWE has on all their shows. Now um, they've got a bigger roster of all the people on dark, dark elevation. You know, they're going to have to start letting some people go. They have, they will have telling to. me people don't enjoy those 16 match shows on YouTube for like, like four hours long. It's ridiculous, <laughs> bro. And they're all oh, squash man. matches. We've said they're all like fucking 30-second yeah. squash matches where they're basically just shitting on people just to put their... It's, it's like a... Like I said, it's, the Dark Elevation and Dark is literally like a WWF show. It's like superstars from the 90s. It's literally just squash match, squash match, squash match. Awful. Absolute dog shit. Right. They use it a lot to, like, it seems like also to 
to give somebody a win when they're just about to lose all the time too. It's a stat enhancer pretty much. Oh, I hate the fucking rankings. They do my bollocks in. The they whole ranking. Anymore, pretty much. Oh, fucking get out of my face with the fucking rankings. Right. The, the <laughs> only rank the only rankings I like is Shabba ranks. You get me? Mr. Shabba. Love, <laughs> Shabba. <laughs> fucking give me a bit of Shabba ranks all day long. Two Christmas wrestling wishes for 2022. I'm going to go first because I've I got to get this out of the way quick. Someone needs to confiscate Tony Khan's dog and bone and get and tell them to keep him off the fucking beak. Like, that is... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like... Dog and bone means phone for any American. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not sure what a yeah. dog and bone is. It's a phone. He was fucking arguing with Fox News about ratings this week. Like, someone's got to just say, are you, are you sure? Is this the argument you want to have today? Like... Go and sit down, have a cup of tea. Or I know tea's not a big thing there, but it might help him calm down. Like, he gets agitated at the weirdest shit. And, you know, and for what? Like, so his buddy can give him Booker of the Year again. Like, have a fucking day off, we are. Like, yeah, please, someone take his phone away. Tell him to just stay out of it for a bit. Stay off, stay off camera. But, I mean... Jesus Christ, stay off camera. That stamping his feet thing when he's doing his promos and interviews. Like, it's hilarious. But oh, no, but not... dude, he was never going to be an on screen character. He was never going to be. He time. said, I'm not going to be an on screen character. True. He it said that from fucking day one. And then, and then all of a sudden we get nine nights from tonight. Yeah. One, one day <laughs> there will be a, <laughs> one day there will be a greater power or a higher power angle on that show. And he will pull the hood off and go, it was me the whole time. And oh. we'll all just go, oh, fuck this, and turn it off. Um, wish number two, I actually have three. Um, wish number two, uh, our next WrestleMania show breaks all records. Bishop. <laughs> Shit, I w- all you guys were frozen, but I wasn't. What uh, what I miss? What I miss? Tony Khan getting <laughs> off the beak. I heard record breaking. What's going on? Yeah, our next WrestleMania show breaks all records. What about it? <laughs> That's what we want to do. You know, we 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 have. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. All right, I'm here now. I'm here now. Um, look, so I'll just jump into my two New Year's wishes. Right, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> I was I was gone for 15 seconds. I feel like it was three fucking days. Um. <laughs> So when I first wrote this down, when you guys reached out, it was WWE to operate in more consistency. It was my first one. They do a really good job at setting us up for the thing that's going to happen. As you guys talked about earlier, Crown Jewel, right? Um, Survivor Series was a little wonky, but post-Survivor Series, things have kind of like taken off. Um, But like the last five weeks of Raw have been fucking awesome. And SmackDown hasn't missed in like two fucking years. So... What are we really asking for, or what am I asking for when it comes to consistency? It's it's more or less the IBC to go, hey, uh, Raw was dope, as opposed to I can't believe I just watched three hours of that shit. That's number one. Number two, my second New Year's wish for 2022 is for at just in time 211 to release his own 
podcast. I knew it was coming. My third wish was to for Justin to invite us onto his show. Should I should I break the news now then? Holy shit, we got an exclusive. Oh shit, here we go. <laughs> We're aiming for the beginning of the year. January. We're gonna does this, see does this show have a name? Bishop knows. It's the end time wrestling podcast. Yeah, dude. We're gonna make this happen. I'm if no matter how hard I freaking do this, I'm gonna try my hardest to just freaking <laughs> put this out there. And we're gonna see if let's it works. Oh, let's Man. go. Fucking tastic. The in time wrestling podcast. Hell, I'm looking forward to it. I'll put it up, I'll, I'll subscribe, I'll put it in the uh, in the playlist. I tried to let him know he has more supporters than I do right now. <laughs> <laughs> The plays are an automatic, man. Just get behind the microphone. Let's go. <laughs> Justin, Christmas wishes, 2022. I really only had one, really. I couldn't really think of anything. I just hope we see more people break out to, like next year. I hope we do. Instead of it just being one person where we'll just sit there and go, yeah, it was just this one person that we could all say. I want to see a bunch of people just break out and be the stars. That's fair. That is fair. That is fair. And it kind of goes with one of mine as well, because at the moment, really, think about it. We've got, there's so many fucking good wrestling promotions that could be good. You know, we've got, WWE has got Raw, SmackDown, NXT, We've got AEW that should be so much better. We've got like NWA. We've got fucking, you know, uh, Impact Wrestling. Like there's there's good shit that could be happening. There really is. But for whatever reason, it just ain't happening elsewhere, really. You know what I mean? We've got, I mean, people like to talk shit, but WWE really is the standard bearer right now of what is good production, um, storytelling, um, you know, creating those those younger stars. I mean, we're talking about Bron Breaker coming through and that kind of shit. <coughs> Excuse me. So I don't know. It, I mean, maybe it's because they overshadow everything so much that the other guys don't really get a look in, or is it just because there's just, the other guys are just wanting to be so different to WWE that they're just fucking it up. And I think that's probably the reason. Um, I would, I would like to see, it's really a shame, man, because uh, impact wrestling with a decent setup and a bit more, I mean, they've got good people working there. I mean, they've got, Jerry Lynn and all that backstage. You, you did have Tommy Dreamer until the dark side of the ring fuck up. Um, yeah, I don't think they have Jerry Lynn anymore. I think AEW has Jerry Lynn now. Oh, does AEW? Oh, right, right. I mean, dude, so how is AEW fucking up so badly, bro? How are they fucking up so badly? Come on, man. Like, 
Seriously. The beak, brother. The beak. It's the beak. Bruv, it is, you know what it is? It's that, it is that smart mark attitude that is fucking AEW up. Um, yeah, so my second point going on to that was AEW. I want to fucking, my New Year's wish is I want to watch AEW show and just go, you know what? That was fucking, that was all right, that was. I, 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 I hate I hate myself for hating it so much because when it first started, we said it was like, yes, a new wrestling show. Chris Jericho is going to be there. They've got all these young fucking guys. They've got all these indie guys from here, here, here. Like, they've got Jake the Snake Roberts. They had fucking Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. You know, Jake, you know all these fucking guys. How are they fucking it up so bad? And it is that smart mark. Let's just appeal to a very tiny demographic. We don't want the kids watching it. That's why they swear far too much on the show. Um, you know, you you can you you could have two different shows. You could have one that is more like I say child centric, but like, dude, when kids want to buy t-shirts or foam fingers. Their parents, they say, dude, I want a phone finger. I want a fucking T-shirt. You know, they can sell that merch on a bigger scale. They, do you know the only people that are buying AEW figures are fucking grown men like me? It's, that's it. There's no kids buying AEW fucking figures. There ain't. Um, you know, maybe there's a few buying Darby Allen ones, you know, or whatever. But on the whole, the demographic is your... Japanese wrestling is the fucking greatest thing ever. Um, you know, let's just see crazy fucking spot fests. Um, WWE sucks. Fucking, you know, that smart mark mentality. And it's just, it really upsets me, man, because, you know, we, we love WCW, you know, and even Eric Bischoff, whether you love him or you hate him, he's like, AEW are fucking lucky, you know. It they they really should be doing better. There's no reason why they can't be doing better. It's just they are they are their own they are their own wall to their own success. They are creating their own problems when these things, you know, come on man, you've got fucking gold dust working for you. He was working in the attitude era. You can't tell me he don't know. These guys, these older guys that are working in AEW, you can't tell me they're not watching this and going, man, this is fucking trash, bro. It's the Look. ability to listen, right? It's it's them talking to the younger generation that are in control yeah. and those guys' ability to listen. Yeah. I, that's Supposedly, that's why Mike Kyoto left. He was like, fuck it. They don't want to listen to what it's I'm doing. It's falling on I'll, deaf ears. Yeah. How great, how great is Kyoto as a referee yeah. in making you believe that the wrestler doesn't want to listen to them yet still being in the right spot when the match is all said and done yet the referees on AEW are dog shit you know and it's when you again when the, the biggest caveat i had for the daniel bryan hangman match was that i was watching it from a wwe eye i get it i know how i watch wrestling and it was it was a very very clean very very good match it wasn't great it was nowhere near match of the year justin you can have it on your list all you want but that match can go fuck itself when it comes to match of the year my point is that i agree with you chris that aw has very very little 
to listen to to be great. Yeah. Because the talent is fucking impeccable. It's there. There's a zero percent chance of them listening listening to anyone because you know Mr. Beakmeister is all over the beak and can't can't put it down. And he he doesn't choose to divert himself to someone with more of a wrestling mindset. The whole argument about WWE being sold to like a Disney or a Fox or whoever, there's going to be this Turner AOL uh, Time Warner aspect where a wrestling person won't be in control. Oh, and it'll be fine, right? Because they know how to produce TV. Look at what's happening now. You have a guy with $7 billion. Sorry, his dad has $7 billion. And with his allowance, he's opening a wrestling company. And he's not a wrestling guy, but he's a wrestling fan. Look, we're wrestling fans, right? If you gave us the pencil and we sat in front of TV, we would do cool shit that would make fans pop. But at the end of the day, it'd be torn apart because it lacks cohesiveness because we don't know what the fuck we're doing. That's what AEW is. It lacks cohesiveness because Tony Khan doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. If he allows a Dustin, a Cody, an Arn, a fucking Dean Malenko, a fucking Tully Blanchard, anyone that's fucking 20 years older than him, show him, hey, while this headlock is happening, have your camera guys go to that angle instead of this one. It'd be fucking palatable. Hey, while Cody's on the top rope, don't show his wife lighting the table. Or when he takes the entire bump himself, don't show just his back going through it. Or while he has to look at the table to jump to the next one, why don't you focus from the bottom up instead of the back of Cody looking at Alistair, looking at the table, looking at Alistair, and then jumping off? It's fucking stupid. But because those moments don't happen, I get to pick it apart and tell AEW douches that, hey, you're a fucking idiot for saying this is awesome. I like to think in an alternate universe, Jim Cornette works for AEW and, you know, they can listen to him for, 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 you know, yes, he's got some fucking hot takes. Yeah, he's got some fucking out there opinions, but he knows how to book wrestling. He knows how to fucking the psychology of the business and how to build angles up and stuff and yes you can incorporate the the newer style of working matches or whatever you know because you, you know he might, he might be a bit outdated in in doing that but you've got a list you've got to have that kind of like you say that cohesive telling the story from week to week and not these pick them up and drop them angles that happen they're gone in the fucking blink of an eye and and quicker than you can say, I bust my nut. They're finished. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, they there's so many older guys working there, but they do. The, the, Tony Khan's not listening. I'm the boss. This is how we're fucking doing it. Um, you know, he's got the sycophants around him who they're getting a good wage. They're getting paid, and they don't want to rock the apple cart. So they're just like, fuck it, man. Just do whatever, bro. It's not my fucking money you know, which isn't necessarily the best attitude to have. But hey, if you're getting a good fucking payday, ultimately they don't care. So yeah, long and short of it is, my New Year's wrestling wish is, please AEW, start listening to some other people and just be better, please. I want to watch a show and just go, that was fucking, that was all right. I enjoyed that. And not be able to just go, 
God, fucking hell, what are they thinking? You know, I, just, I really just want to watch it and go, yeah, that was really good. That would make me happy. I got, I got one more, and this is this is this is selfish as fuck. I don't care. Um, I I genuinely wish that the three podcasts that are now part of this show, like tonight, all get wildly successful, and the next time we do this, we can do it in a pub together, in front of each other, and because a chat like this is fucking awesome, but imagine us in a pub just before WrestleMania or something. You know, I mean, <laughs> drinks on me, drinks on me. <laughs> I mean, Mate. yeah, that's, and I can't thank you guys enough for coming on because we have probably broken Eric Watts's record as well for this. Um, <laughs> and yeah, this it's been it's been amazing. I am I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I've been working today. Like it's one of those things, but I could still I could just keep doing this. Like this isn't yeah, this isn't work for me. It's just it's close it's so face much to face. Is this is this is the best part right now? I, I tell you, I, I know I can ramble and I know I can kind of hijack my moments and everything. But um, JB, you said in the beginning about you know how much I've been involved in what you have done, and you know I piggyback that and how much you guys have been involved. I get fucking bothered when you guys take so long to release an episode because you guys and your chemistry. And the way you guys talk about things and the way you guys, I mean, Chris, dude, in this same episode, you went from praising so much about AEW to wishing them to be better. So you understand that they're a shit product, but you find the moments that make you enjoy wrestling. That kind of love for wrestling doesn't exist on podcasts because again, like you ripped on this show is the podcasters out there who have to tell you all which way from Saturday how you're fucking wrong or how this is great and interject negative energy. I've told you guys for well over a year, I don't listen to another podcast that loves wrestling as much as you guys do. Unapologetic. You guys fucking love wrestling to the point when you guys did your first interview, I was like, man, I thought you guys were going to mark out because you love wrestling so much, but that love doesn't take away from the enjoyment you get from producing shows. Um, I, I can't thank you guys enough for the support. I, I mentioned it on Good Cop, Bad Cop as well. And I, I told Justin before, said it on my show, I'll say it on your show. Once a week, once a day, I think about ending my podcast because of how much work it is, how hard it is to do it. And at the end of the day, I know that the podcast and sitting with you guys is an outlet for me to go into a different mode, into a different style of my life. So I know it's always worth it to turn the computer on and to speak my shit. So doing it for me is one thing. But again, JB, the way you show the love for me, Chris, the way you almost show the love for me because you haven't ordered a shirt yet. <laughs> Justin, dude, you know I can't thank you enough. From Twitter co-host to busting down the real forbidden door and allowing a fan on a podcast. Like These are the moments where we get to look back on the entire 2021 and when the world is in a fucking shit bag after cleaning up your dog from the sidewalk we can go we have our thing and our thing is these, this wrestling podcast community our side of the iwc the conversation the love the respect the appreciation jb chris thank you so much for having me on the show twtakespodcast.com for all audio platforms at twtakespodcast on twitter justin i'm sure i will see you very soon oh it'll be probably soon we're going to have to have a plug counter for 
for this one for uh, for Bishop because I know but I held back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> them cheap pops, you know what I mean? Yeah. Love them. Um, Justin, you've said it yourself. You know, you've got it coming. The podcast is on its way. We cannot wait to hear it. We, you know, we've heard you on pretty much every other show that we listen to. So it's finally happening and we are thrilled. Um, I, I appreciate that from all you guys, even Bishop too. Like, Every time you guys do just put me over so much and I don't know why. It's just freaking crazy. I don't get it. I do not understand it. Like even how everybody got our side of the IWC and even that like stuck. It I never would have expected something like that would stick to where people would go, yeah, this is actually a thing. You guys can stay over on that side and just bicker and argue and call each other idiots all you want. We'll just be over here hanging out, having a good time, talking wrestling, making some fucking awesome friends. It's just amazing. I can't thank all of you enough, like seriously, for even letting me on the shows. Like, like I said, even just meeting you guys today, like face to face, like, or the closest to face to face is just enough for me for today like and then we had this awesome conversation all day like it felt like hours on end i just it's been awesome well we we appreciate you coming on man because i mean we say jordan don't we we're just a fucking couple of jabronis who (laughs) just like talking about wrestling and we love wrestling and it's like you know from training in wrestling and fucking having a look at the business from that point of view and then but just to like sitting down and just watching stuff on tv and being able to meet other guys i mean we we never thought that we would have guys from america that we're close with and that we chat to on a regular basis you know we never even dreamed we would have you know wrestlers on the show we never dreamed that we would be talking to fucking santino morella or you know chris hamrick or fucking you know eric watts or like you know sonny ono or anyone like that man it that's wonder kid that's wonder yeah, kid that we can't wonder. forget alex you know what i mean so we never even thought we were going to do that we never and it's a real positive message it's like and that's why i've i've loved this episode because it hasn't been like trash talking or copying a squat and shitting on everything. It really hasn't been like, it's been uplifting and it's been beautiful. And it has been the 2021 fucking chat grapple and cheap pops, grappy awards, stroke bits and bobbies. Um, So the bits and bobbies, there's a, a, I don't know if you guys know, there's a, a rapper in the UK called Wiley. He's like a grime yep. rapper, right? Yeah, I've heard of him. And, and he had a video, and I sent it to Jordan the other day. I was like, dude, 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 he's saying bits and bobs at the beginning of the video. He's, like, <laughs> he's walking through London just on his phone going, yeah, bits and bobs, bits and bobs. And I'm blatantly taking that, and I'm going to put it at the beginning of some of our shows because <laughs> it was fucking hilarious, man. So I've even been saying it a lot, too. I, like, <laughs> every time... I keep hearing it all the time. I'm like, this, this, and that. And I'm like, and all these other fucking bits and bobs. And I'm yes, like, <laughs> bobs. Yes. got a pop for the bits and bobs. Yes. Oh, yeah. but 
this is this is how fucked up. I didn't even whip out my WWE Christmas stocking that I always bring out every year. Like it's you know one of those things. Like I don't know what I was thinking. You know, Chris. I know. I know. Chris is the uh, is the man for toys, games, action figures, and now skateboards. Apparently, action. Bro, <laughs> this skateboard is one of my prized possessions now. It cost me five quid. Are you fucking joking? Like I saw it on. I was like, no. Uh, we're going, love. We're going. We're going. We fucking. We're going to pick it up. It was right near Matty's house. Don't tell him that because he could have fucking grabbed it. Oh shit! <laughs> you know what I mean, Matty Dennis. Shout out to the uh, cactus Matt. Cactus, yeah, cactus, cactus Matt. But um, um yeah. yeah do you let's, think, let's let's let these guys go. Like, we thank you so much for coming on. Like, you know, for giving <laughs> us all this time as well. Like, because time is precious for everyone. Um, I'll say Merry Christmas to you both. Have a wonderful Christmas. Have a wonderful New Year with your families. Doing whatever you're doing. Like, take care, guys, and you know we'll we'll catch up again. You're drinking eggnog. Are you going to be on the eggnog? Yeah, is that like a I don't drink thing? that shit. No, I don't drink that shit. Oh, you're letting me down. All my American stereotypes are falling on their ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll fall on my ass. It just won't be for eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, thank you guys so much for having me on. One last plug for one last time. I'm Bishop from the Terrible Wrestling Takes Podcast at TW Takes Podcast on Twitter, TWTakesPodcast.com for all audio platforms, TWTakesPodcast.com slash TWTs for the dopest merch, fastest shipping in the podcast game. Uh, check me out. JB's got the TWTakesPodcast.com slash international T-shirt from the Teespring site. Uh, but, yes, thank you guys so much. You guys know I absolutely adore you guys. You are two of the most beautiful people on our side of the IWC. Your show keeps me moving. It makes me laugh. I cannot get enough of you. So please, as much as people ask me to go for an hour, why don't you guys drop a fucking episode? All right. right. We've got, so thank we've you got so much coming. for having me on. We've got it. We've got one more than coming. one person's parsnip. That's ridiculous. No, that's right, man. I'm going to butter your parsnip. We've got a new episode coming up soon. We've got, it's the Revolution Pro um, show that we went to that we spoke about with the match that we watched live. Um, we are going to put that episode up soon. We'll probably bang it out before Christmas, just before the new year. When are we going to put this out, Jay? Oh, it's got to be between Christmas and New Year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, I might, I'll put the Revolution Pro one up soon. You're going to get that soon. And then this one, will, so the Revolution Pro one would have come out before this, guys. So you can't fit your moan anymore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, thanks for having us and thanks for just being on. And uh, this is Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops, Grappies, Bits and Bobby Awards. And we love everybody for listening, watching, um, touch our bells, slap our bells, do whatever. You know, slap those bells, man. Make it count. We don't want your money. We want YouTube's money. So let us get that ad revenue. And then you can just skip, you know, when it says five seconds, you can just fucking skip it. But thank you for joining us. Fantastic. Have a good Christmas and a good new year. Take Peace care, everyone. Out. Merry Christmas.